0: I'm Aaron Armstrong I'm Pete Moran I'm Ryan Bolin. And we love to watch We love to watch says Aaron didn't we already do a movie this year with We're triangles? Down. No? Hey
1: Pete! Hey. <laughs> hey, Ryan. Hey, guys. I was, like, debating whether to answer your question with something funny, and then I was like, no. I figured not. I figured it was a I'm,
2: joke, but I didn't know if it was sincere, so I was just waiting for an yeah. answer.
0: Whenever uh, I don't say something funny, I'm always like, that was a choice.
1: That was <laughs> not something funny. It was a knee slapper. He's like, this is so bad, is he expecting me to build off it? Like, <laughs> and I decide if the foundation was solid enough in a short amount of time, and I decided it was not. It's condemned um we're 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 breaking it down peter nice anyways um, hey ryan welcome to the show thanks for having me we'll get to him first we introduce ourselves peter i'm back for a third guests. time for
2: triangle. shut the fuck it's, up ryan it's three sides of a shape it's my third show so happy to be here
1: uh wait hold on your third time for triangle yes very intentional. Is this Ryan 3 or Ryan 2 or Ryan 4? I read a lot of uh, internet ways to uh, explain this movie by giving like um, giving numbers to each instance of the person. Oh, uh, We'll get into it. This can going to be very hard to talk about. In
2: my notes, I literally have like cycle 1. This is how people died. Cycle 2. This is what happened. Cycle 3. Yeah. No.
1: It's so good. But yeah, that movie, it's, it's where we love to watch. We're a movie podcast. We pick a theme. We do movies over the course of, the, uh, of a month around that theme. And if we remember, we compare and contrast. And it's our third week of Groundhog Day month where we do movies um, essentially inspired by the movie Groundhog Day. It was the first one we did this month. Uh, but have some sort of time loop that people are trying to get out of or utilize or something like that. So we first did Groundhog Day. Now, last week we did Edge of Tomorrow slash Live, Die, and Repeat. Same movie. We didn't do two movies, just the one movie. <laughs> um, and this week we're doing uh, a movie that is uh, most famously known as the conclusion of the the, tri- uh, the Shape Trilogy. Uh, it follows the circle and the square, and it is called <laughs> Triangle. Um it uh, It's not actually part of the Shape Trilogy, but uh, there are th- there are movies called that, you guys. I
2: love that our minds are in the same spot. I literally have, like, other movies. Shaped. Circle. Cube. Thin Red Line. Blood Diamond. <laughs> shape of Water. Pentagon. World. It's like, I don't you know. Have, you have way
1: more than me. I, I'm need, like, to, I need, mean, need to be able to riff. It's like the three colors trilogy for shapes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the square's good. I've heard the circle's bad. Peter, didn't you tell me not to watch The Circle? It's fine. Uh, it's a firmly two out of five movie. Yeah. But anyways, we're doing Triangle, which is our kind of, like, Happy Death Day, which we're doing next week, the Happy Death Days, Edge of Tomorrow, Groundhog Day, f- follow a very similar structure. I, I noticed Where, uh, Time
2: Crimes didn't sneak in there for the repeat movies.
1: It yeah. was on our short list, actually. Yeah, same with Source Code and, like, a bunch of TV episodes, but Time it Crimes is actually- A of Russian Doll. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Time Crimes is actually the one that uh, we kind of debated do we do Triangle or do we, do we do Time Crimes because they both have very similar structures. This yeah. is a little this is a little more of a departure from Groundhog Day in that the the loop continues with a our protagonist character uh being able to we're both uh not just Retain memory, but to be part of subsequent loops, which can affect previous loops. So it's a, it's a it's a time loop in in the sense that it keeps spitting out this thing that repeats over and over into reality, but it's not reality itself getting reset uh, through time. And i I do think so. I saw this movie for the first time, uh, Spooktober, about a year and a half ago. Absolutely fell in love with it. was was so excited to do it on this show realizing that I was going to have to talk about this movie made it kind of stressful because it was a movie that when I thought back of how much I loved it and all that still held up, still loved it. But I was like, God, how do I explain what happens in this movie? <laughs> yeah. And even were you watching it? And then like, it's not like it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's tough because it's not like I don't understand what happened in this movie? Like, I I think I have a very strong handle the first time I saw it, and this time of at least like where people are when and how it all fits together, even if like the mechanism for how it starts is unknowable. Right? Mm-hmm. But I do think that once I try to explain it, I'm gonna sound like a like a person who uh, doesn't understand what the fuck he's talking about. I think I think it's gonna come out like. If you've ever talked to someone who's like, "Why don't you like Trump?" and then there's so much stuff that you want (laughs) to get out to try to explain it and frame stuff up, you just start sounding like a fucking lunatic. You're like, "Well, then then he's he's he's, uh, attacking women," and then uh, the the Muslims doesn't like that. like. There's so much. You're just like, you just become a ranting lunatic. Yeah, you become an Alex Jones like, Mm -hmm. except that like I'm complaining that they're turning the frog straight. Um. Yeah, they want these frogs fucking. <laughs> yeah, they they want these frogs to reproduce heterosexually. <laughs> like it's your, not. It's not okay. Holy like um, Alex Jones! Why did Frogger cross the road <laughs> to fuck exclusively women? <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm not okay with. Yeah, human women, so, human women. <laughs> yes. Uh. Yeah. So this, I think, it's gonna be fun because I'm glad uh, we have. Two other people, I want to hear what you guys think of this movie. I think both of you guys probably thought before myself, but I think hopefully together we're going to be able to really, like, pick apart um, how some of this stuff fits together or questions that we have. And I would say, if you have not seen this movie as a result, uh, we always recommend seeing the movie before you listen to this podcast because we spoil everything about it because we're trying to talk about it upside down inside out. Um... But for this one, I think it's on Amazon Prime right now. Please watch it. Not because we're worried that we're going to spoil stuff from you, although there's a lot of stuff here to spoil that's very fun to discover as you're watching it for the first time. But also, I think we are going to sound, like I said, like raving lunatics to you because it's it's going to be difficult for us to... Talk about. Um and it'll probably help if you have some context of seeing the movie. So you should see I- it because it's a great movie. movie. I'm with but, you. I felt a little. I felt
0: a little uh, antsy when we were watching it the second time. Like I needed to to somehow crack the code. Um, yeah. But then I remembered how I watch all movies uh, for the rest of my life, which is that they're not puzzles to be solved. Right. They're like a piece of. They're uh, a piece of art that's supposed to make you feel something. And like just because you didn't, you might have caught a plot hole, or you didn't catch a plot hole, or um, the the plot didn't totally make sense to you. Maybe it was because you weren't paying attention. Maybe because it did make sense. It didn't make sense. Like the, the way that I, we actually like uh, digest movies and the way we talk about movies is far more about the emotional impact and how sure. um, the, the, the uh, structures of the movie impact the theme. So like, yeah, I don't know if we're going to be able to like crack the code on what's going on here. But like I was listening to a podcast a year ago, maybe about trying to figure out all the cycles and primer, but they never talk about how they felt watching the movie. Yeah <laughs> and, was, and I and I was like I don't give a shit that you managed to suss out how time travel works in
1: a movie okay I want I want to know how the movie made you feel Yeah I think I, I don't disagree with you but I also think just even if we're trying to talk about how something makes us feel, we usually like set up a scene and I yeah, can yeah, see yeah. even trying to set bearings here for people to follow to sound. Uh, like, we're unhinged. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, so then Jess, number one, is coming here, and then the, you know that Jess, number three, has already done this, and then she drops the deck. That's, okay, so here's how that scene made me feel, and, and someone just being like, what the fuck is going on in this
2: I, I originally was going to take notes on, like, my phone or something and just, like, jot stuff down, but I, I feel like it, it's so much more fun to do it on paper and look like a... Like triangle truther, like girlfriend comes home and she's like, "What's going on?" I'm like, "I'm watching a movie and there's a bunch of notes in front of me, like pages. Like I'm figuring, I'm figuring important stuff out over here watching a movie. This matters."
1: And your your girlfriend's like, "Why have you written building seven question mark?" Yeah. Oh no, it absolutely is (laughs) unrelated. It's like, oh
2: okay, Aeolus. Okay, I got to write that down. I got to do some research on him. All right, fantastic. Why like I like why does that guy go his goatee looks like a triangle? Okay, that's important. (laughs) <laughs> I did that too I wrote down
0: Aeolus and I put a little symbol in my notes next to uh, something I need, need to research and then I put like a scratch through it if I researched it and my research was to go to Wikipedia same uh, <laughs> it's like I'm always like oh yeah I should do a deep dive in this while I'm watching the movie and then later I'm like yeah, I mean, I, I I get it. I get they they actually kind of explain it in the movie, but uh, regardless, uh, I was like, oh yeah, I get it. But the point is like, while you're the it's the, sometimes when you're watching a movie, that stuff can seem like it's like a a piece to crack the puzzle. But after the fact, you're like, well, I still know what happened. Yeah, knowledge of Greek mythology didn't wouldn't make the movie make
1: that much more sense, right? Well, and also like I I don't even feel like you need like. The whole they're dead doesn't is not a fun read to me, anyways. In most <laughs> yeah. movies, and it's not fun in this movie. So, like, yes, there is symbolism of it, but like, you see, reading some of those like Reddit theories, like, look, he's actually she's actually in hell. Like, oh, that's not fun. That's not that's not something enjoyable. One thing I caught though that I missed the first time, as you're kind of trying to like mentally keep track of what's happening in the story, that there is a f- like, there's that fourth incarnation of her that we see on the ship. Who has the head wound? And yes. I'm like, did the, did the car one get up? Because she has the same head wound. I... I like and, and make her way to the ship to do more stuff. I wanted to talk about that, too, because I
2: was confused because I, I was trying to do a good job of keeping everything straight. And I was like, yeah, I even at five o'clock tonight, like an hour or two before the show, I was like, I went back and checked because I was like, did I miss that? Like she becomes her for yeah. even a little bit, and it's like, no, it's never really touched on
1: and you're like, okay, I guess, but the head wounds are the same. I didn't notice that at all the first time I saw it. like I thought that everything clock worked out mm-hmm. from like where they like that she she lived all the incarnations we saw on the ship. and it was only this the second time I was like, oh wait, there's another thing. Uh, I <laughs> I love it. Uh, I, I would love, actually
0: I like physical damage or the hoods that she wears at some yeah. point. I love those as like little markers on
1: like what this one went through in the journey. Yeah. Um, I also I I would also love I think probably from a budgetary re, from a budgetary perspective, this would be impossible. But if the filmmaker really wanted to, to, to do some good stuff every time like, there's also like it's like Clue. Every time you watch it on Amazon uh, Amazon Prime, there's like three different versions of it. So every time you're seeing a scene, you're like, "Wait, did I see that scene before?" And then you like watch it again, and it's not there. And now there's a new part. You're like, "Wait, am I going to the bathroom a lot during these movies?" Um, yeah, Ryan sent me.
0: Ryan sent me. I don't know when he, whenever he was watching the movie, uh, a, uh, a an image of some sort of asylum movie called like the like the Triangle that looks. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it looks terrible, um, but like, yeah, the actual cover on Amazon Prime doesn't look very good either. So like, no, I don't know, without diving into the credits,
2: you know, which movie to watch. I love that Peter said that I definitely sent him a screenshot of a movie called 1313 Bermuda Triangle, and it's four very shirtless jack dudes and one woman. So I'm assuming it's some sort of gay porno, but I like that Peter <laughs> took it as like, oh, that movie doesn't look good. It's probably just a normal movie. <laughs> Gay porno,
1: but, like, a little bike. is one woman in there, but just one. Uh, but, uh, so, before we get into the movie proper, which I know we're gonna have a lot to talk about, I want to talk a little bit about, um, this movie and why you've probably never heard of it, and, uh, and why you should check it out. So, this is directed by Christopher Smith, who basically has had three movies you've potentially heard of. Uh, Severance, which I watched back when it first came out, um... It, uh, it had like, I, it was one of those random, like, I'm at Blockbuster. I picked up five movies. I'm going to get a sixth. Uh, and I saw a DVD cover like back in 2006 that said like a combination between The Office and some horror movie I liked. I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. Like they're on a bus. The poll quotes look interesting. And I remember, I don't remember much about it because it's been 14 years, but I remember it being like a fun, like, office retreat on a bus they go to like a team building exercise and there's a there's a killer on the list like good over the middle mid-aughts comedy if, horror movie
0: if we did a if we did like an office space month off at like you know a version of uh this is groundhog day month so we do groundhog day and the movie's riffing off of it if we did an office space month that would be like the horror stuff at the end of the month the the experiment yeah the experiment movie yeah. with by Greg a McLean, movie. yeah um, uh, i'm forgetting it too belkin experiment or something belco yeah that's Belko a good experiment. i like that movie yeah we'd have like this month we have two horror movies at the end of it to that riff on groundhog day we would have belco experiment and uh, severance as uh you know riffs on office space basically. H- have you like, seen right? severance Gotcha. I have, weirdly enough. Okay, so uh, Severance is a movie that Ryan recommended I watch. Oh wow, we're really closing in the triangle. Mm-hmm. Fifteen years ago, maybe I don't know. Not probably yeah. not that long ago. Um, I was, uh, but I was in a high school, and then Triangle is also a movie that Ryan recommended to me. Interesting. So,
2: has Ryan seen Triangle? Yes, I uh, I'm I'm looking actually at pictures of Severance right now and I'm like, okay, I I guess I do remember it now. But if you had asked me if I'd seen Severance, I wouldn't know. I do remember seeing that. No, my uh, my uncle gave me a DVD of Triangle like right when it came out and uh, he used to just whenever we'd visit my grandparents, he would just send me home with like comic books and movies, just like stacks. And so it was just a random one that he gave me and I watched it and I remember liking it, but I kind of remember chalking it up to like, yeah, it's a fun movie, whatever, and not really like it like not like loving it and then this time around i was like it's it's pretty well put together and like thought out i was like okay i think i i was expecting to like it less as like a full-fledged adult who like watching it and being like oh i'm sure whatever and then i
1: watched i was like no this is like a good movie i kind of sold it short in my head so i i like that story especially because it ends with you recommending it to peter the first time like (laughs) this is a piece of garbage but i bet it's something peter would like so go ahead yeah (laughs) check it out peter ryan
0: and i have been friends for so long and we've been watching these like fucked up horror movies for so long that like uh he recommended it to me probably when we were in junior high and
2: then i got around to it uh two years ago Like it finally made its way through the list. Well, I feel like I'm (laughs) misremembering because I thought it was I was younger, too. And then I looked up and it says it came out in 2009. Yeah. 11 years ago. And I I remember like sitting my parents house in like the crappy standalone DVD player in my room, like watching it quietly with headphones. And I had to be at least 19 or 20. So I'm not sure if that I don't know. I think my memory might be jacked up.
0: Yeah, yeah, my memory of it is also jacked up, which is fairly appropriate for the movie itself, right? Like, I mean, it's yeah. not like as appropriate as like Memento being the
1: movie, but um, it's, it's somewhat appropriate. Yeah, and then the other movie that you may have seen that Christopher Smith has done is a movie called Black Death, which came out in two thousand ten, which uh, I have not seen, but it it, it, it makes rolls. yeah, it makes a lot of my Spooktober like to watch list because. It's on a lot of those, like, best horror movies you haven't heard of lists. Sean the, Bean. Sean Bean. Oh, Sean yeah. Bean. Yeah. I,
2: it, it, same with me. I've never seen it, but it's always on my spooktober list and always somehow doesn't make the cut. Yeah.
1: Here's what Black Death and Triangle have in common. Terrible cover art mm-hmm. that makes you think <laughs> it's a bad movie made for no money that, like, paid a little bit to get a star. Because, like, Triangle kind of has the edge of tomorrow problem. Right, Edge of Tomorrow. I mean, at least I saw advertisements for. It, really didn't hit on the fact that it's Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. It shows Tom Cruise. He's in space armor. It's not that original space armor. You see him on the battlefield shooting bugs. It's or like what seemed like bugs. You're like, oh, shitty Starship Troopers. Yeah, it with looks an like a, straight, actual, a like, fascist sci-fi Great. movie. Yeah, not for me, thank you. And this movie is just done in by the fact that. It, sh- it shows a mass... Like, a very generic-looking masked killer on the cover with, like, a... You know, the the town that dreaded Sundown. <laughs> I was seeing the same thing yeah. on. Or and, the Time Crimes bandages mask, right? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's called fucking Triangle. And, it, you know, it, this one's lower budget, so you haven't seen a preview. Like, you would have to have this movie recommended to you, I think, to see it because... Unless you're one of those lunatics that, like, goes through, like, Amazon stuff and is like, you you have to stop on the new release of about 20 movies in because then you're like, how are all these movies getting made? Where are they getting released? Who's paying money to watch these? But then there's 300 more movies that you've never heard of. Like, getting lucky and picking from that ash pile is very difficult, I feel. and And this movie doesn't have anything that really – like, even the stars, like, the one person who – You might know who I knew was Melissa George, uh, mainly because I watched Alias and she's in she's an alias, but like she hasn't really been in much movies and is not really like a household name or anything. Yeah. And now and now it's like Liam Hemsworth might be
2: the most recognizable these days, which is hilarious as like the shaved head guy
0: absolutely and what's funny is like you mentioned like stacks Victor. of these movies and you kind of just got to jump in and see what you get um, Ryan and I used to buy the Blockbuster had like a 5 for 20 and 4 oh, for yeah. 20 deals for DVDs Ryan and I used to go in get 4 or 5 and then just watch them like that day
2: or the next day like oh, that was like how we spent our summers in high school yeah we just walk, um, walk down to the local Blockbuster sometimes we would both get our own set of like 4 or 5 and then we decide which ones we're watching like like together and then we would just be like, all right, well I'll we'll see which ones are good and which ones we should borrow from each other.
0: Yeah, and then it would become like mini cult classics. Like there was this one called the Neighbor Number 13, which I'm pretty sure Ryan and I are the only people on earth who have seen it. Um and, it, and, it, and I don't remember if it's amazing or if it just has one amazing scene in it involving a kid in a bag. I know exactly um, what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, and then there's like, and then there were so many in there that looked exactly like Triangle. Like, <clears throat> and they'd be yeah. called like, they'd be called like Conflict or something. And it would just be like a stressed looking, used to be A-list, now C-list actor,
2: like, with a beard uh, Oh yeah it'd be standing in like A warehouse Unknown And it'd be like Four random people In a warehouse And you're just like Okay I don't know What that's about But I guess I'm buying it Yeah For some reason It said like Blockbuster
0: exclusive Across the cover To make it, the cover Even less yeah. appealing
1: But you're like Well I need I need a fifth To get to Five yeah. for twenty so. No I, I remember those I just used to buy Every time I went I would just buy Five copies of Religious for twenty bucks <laughs> <laughs> Pass it out to All my friends To let them know Like did they really Build the art Mark, you believe that?
0: You should watch this. (laughs) Christopher Smith is like kind of low-key, could be a, uh, like a mini. He's like a straight-to-video auteur. Yeah, because he's made, like, three really fucking solid, uh, yeah. you know, cults movies that people t- – the people that remember, remember them, right? Like, Black Death is one of those movies that when people re- people talk about, they're like, oh, yeah, that movie rules. Um, they also made a movie called Detour that people are
1: fond of, I think, um, but I haven't seen myself. I had a very similar thing because I worked at a video store. So, like, you just go through the racks and, like, grab stuff that interests you, you know, when, for three years. So, it's why, like, for my – In, like, high school and college, I had, like, these movies that were on my favorite movie list that no one ever heard of then or now. Like, shit like Thursday with Aaron Eckhart and Tom Jane before they were big. Um, And uh, the last time I committed suicide that – like, with Keanu Reeves and also Tom Jane. Tom Jane was in all the movies. Yeah. In the (laughs) the 90s before people knew who he was. But, like, I just, like, had that giant list of, like – but I wasn't – What's funny is because I bet you guys were going for like, all right, let's try these these five horror movies. I was like, what looks like an up its ass indie movie (laughs) that I'm going to be like, this is
2: edgy and good. (laughs) We were pretty, I would say all over the place, just in general, of like what we would grab and and watch. I thought it was funny. I I haven't seen Detour, but it fell into that same category where I, I was actually working from home and I started it because it was just like, it looked like one of those movies that would be good for that. Um, but it definitely has a time element to it as well because I started it and then all of a sudden it, something happened and it splits into two screens and two different outcomes are happening at the same time. And I think mm-hmm. that that continues to happen. So like it, I, I had to turn it off because I was like, I can't pay attention to two separate movies and still work. <laughs> when I'm supposed to be working. Exactly. I and so I was like, I could do one shit. Like, I thought it was going to be like a blah, whatever, fine movie. I was like, oh, there's like a lot going on. But I didn't know that it was related. Like, I didn't know the director or anything. And I, I think it's interesting that he's still playing with some sort of time loop or time split type ideas.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I haven't heard of, I think he has three other movies to his name, but it is one of those things where like, and they, they have terribly generic titles and they have like nothing on wikipedia but it's like well the three movies i'm aware of or have seen are all pretty goddamn good so i should probably check out his other work because he's doing interesting things well directed making well directed movies on like very limited budgets with no no press so yeah um so were you guys at all uh before we get into the movie proper, were you guys familiar at all with Melissa George, or was that just, uh, I watched Alias, so I knew who she was? I mean, I recognized her. Uh, I wouldn't been able to bring up her name. I'm
2: usually pretty good with names, but no, I, I just feel like I've seen her in stuff. You know, I, I didn't watch Alias, but I couldn't pinpoint exactly where I recognized her from.
0: No, no, she's, I'm not familiar with her at all. Um, she's very good in this movie, but I, uh... <laughs> There's no other time to talk about this, I guess. Um, so speaking of like weird time loop stuff, this movie has a Mandela effect. I've seen it three times now, and every single time I watch it, I rem- like before I watch it, I remember it being either British or Australian, and everyone having British or Australian accents. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, I don't have a way to explain that. I don't fucking know. Um, uh, but I watched this and I was like, oh, like for sure. The lead is like, she's like, she's like, <laughs> she's like, I want to get off the fucking ship. Like something like that. <laughs> and it's never that. No. It's just, it's never that. It's a, it's a
1: Florida movie. Uh, no, I think it is that Peter. I think go with your gut.
2: <laughs> I, I did a quick search. 30 days of night is what I, I recognize her from. That's what I would only oh, know. Yeah, her. The, the Josh Hartnett classic.
0: Yeah, that was a that was a, that wouldn't have been a five for 20. That would have been a four for 20. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> it was a big release. It's a quality flick. Yeah, that's one of those movies that, uh, is it would be remembered as a classic if the last 20 minutes weren't so terrible. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah great uh and i this, my favorite part about 30 days a night even though i know it was based on a comic book is that i had a friend who was in a film class who was so sad when that movie was, came out because he had been talking about this movie i'd known him for a couple years where he's like yeah Like, it's the, you know, they're in the Arctic, so it's night all the time. And he had, like, this vision of, like, people being on, like, a chain gang or miners or something. And, like, one of them gets bitten by a vampire. And, uh, but the whole thing is, like, they're, they're, they stay there because it's night all the time. And I remember him seeing the trailer of the movie or something, and he just, like, was pissed off. (laughs) Just like, fuck! And, like that's my idea, uh, but I guess was he I, in the I, comic book? Into the comic book at all? Or did I don't you think not he heard of it at all. I, I don't. I, my I don't think he read comic books from my memory. So, oh, got it. He, so either one of two things: either a he was ripping off from, an idea from a comic book, but like figured no one had heard of the comic book, so it was fine because internet was still kind of new, um, or he just hadn't heard of the. I I didn't know it was a comic book uh, until like. Two months ago, when I was researching uh, what's good one-off comics to read, because I read comics now. Good. Uh, Yeah, it's a new
2: development for Aaron. Well, I mean, Thirty Days a Night is Alaska, I believe. So the Arctic is totally different. He can still run with it. That's fine.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's just (laughs) wherever it's called. What does it matter? No, no, it's.
2: Alaska basically is the arc. I do like right? that uh, when Peter mentioned the uh, neighbor in apartment thirteen or don't don't trust the neighbor in apartment thirteen or whatever movie that <laughs> that was. Don't tell mom the neighbor is number thirteen. Yes. That's, I don't think
1: I think it's I think it's about the bee. That's it. No no no.
2: Don't no, no. trust the bee. Totally different. Um, I definitely did a similar I mean, I don't know if you're a friend of that, but I definitely yanked just that one scene where I was like the concept of it. With like the bag and the child and stuff, I was like, oh, I definitely put that into like a college creative writing course where like a similar thing happened. I was like, nobody saw that movie. Nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna call, me, nobody's gonna call me out on this. It's
0: fine. And now everyone's going back through all of Korean cinema that Parasite won that uh, picture, yeah. so people are gonna find out and they're gonna call you out
1: yeah. uh, for your creative writing essay
0: that you wrote when
1: you were twenty. Damn it! I had, I had one of those too. I wrote one too about like, you know, what the craziest person could be a person who like you watch a whole serial killer movie and then at the end it's like he's so crazy he didn't even kill those people and then i saw american psycho and i was like fuck you're like nice i made a movie <laughs> yeah there it's sometimes it feels good right like oh even of course i didn't know that that was based on a novel that had been around forever because i didn't read that novel uh but sometimes when you do have those moments you're Your first thought is fuck and your second thought is Okay well I came up with an idea good enough To get made into a movie Mm So Uh, Anyways yeah let's uh, But I'm excited to talk about the movie more So what do you think guys any other intro stuff Or can we get into covering all the sides Three Of Triangle I think we can dive right in Peter I'm like like, like, did you drop out (laughs) Yeah, nuclear weapons on a submarine. We all have to it's, turn our keys. I, I thought
0: it was like a rhetorical <laughs> question. I could just, you know, bow no. out on this. Oh one. wait, sorry. The I one, the one last thing. I, I do have
2: a tattoo. That's a triangle, and it's a bunch of circles that make a triangle. So for the sake of this podcast, it's totally. I got it because I love this movie so much. That's that's why I got it. <laughs> no, no,
0: no.
2: Now time for my Papa John's moment since nobody's around to record me saying these terrible things.
1: I ate 40 pizzas.
2: I had 40 I ate... pizzas.
1: Yeah, that video rules. I want to shake your hand. <laughs> They're all going to pay you someday. <laughs> the day of reckoning.
2: Uh, I think I'm getting an idea of why they wanted you out. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, Papa John's. Uh, you you seem different than what you used to hang out with Peyton Manning. Yeah. Peter, you are alternate. Taglines. My favorite part of the episode
0: Alternate taglines that I didn't write beforehand. <laughs> uh, the Shining on a Boat?
1: No. That's all I got. <laughs> that is like the type of quote that makes people stay away from movies. Oh, no. Like, it, it, the quote is no The way Shining, on, shining a on a Boat? It has a yeah. question mark at the end.
2: The, <laughs> the marketing team is not confident. It's Time Crimes in, in, in English on a Boat. <laughs> if you loved Biangle, you'll love Triangle.
1: up in your (laughs) anus a great a great capper to the angled trilogy (laughs) the other thing i would say peter since you're editing this uh as someone who watches quite a lot of sesame street you have literally an infinity infinity amount of triangle theme songs to choose from uh if you want to put those in the episode yeah
0: um Triangles are pretty popular among the uh, under five crowd. I gotta say,
1: it's basically the first shape because otherwise talked- you just have a point and a line.
0: We talked about this before, but like the fucking like the contention that the triangle is the strongest shape in the universe. Still don't understand it. Yeah, the
2: father, the son, the Holy Ghost. So we just not even counting circles as shapes anymore. I mean, I mean <laughs> they're not a polygon.
0: So, why even con- put them in contention? <laughs> <laughs> why the fuck are
1: we talking about this now? I don't know. <laughs> Someone please boot him from the chat. Yeah, circles aren't shapes. They're just how people get in trouble at gas stations. <laughs> Bathrooms. Um, Rest stops, is that what I was going for? Probably. Circle, okay. What I'm saying is that circles are the perfect shape to stick your dick in. Triangles, not so much. But you could try. Yeah.
0: So that's the thing about the Bermuda Triangle, guys. Don't stick your dick in it. Don't stick your dick in the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, wait, are oh, we talking about gone. the movie
2: Bermuda Triangle with Luke Perry and somebody else?
0: <laughs> no, we're talking about 13 Triangle with uh, four hunky studs
2: and maybe a woman. Because I really wanted to just watch that older Bermuda Triangle movie and then just the entire time just reference that movie and, and see
0: how yeah, long Yeah, that was a good so-
1: scene. Anyways, do you remember the scene where Luke Perry is? <laughs> yeah. Wait, do you guys think that Triangle is a reference to the Bermuda Triangle? I don't know. Yeah, they're in Florida. Oh Oh, wait, was that sincere? Oh yeah. 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 Oh, okay. (laughs) I thought you I thought you did your research. So so here's the thing. I again I'm a I've I've read about the Bermuda Triangle. Most of the books I was interested in the third grade had a chapter on it, which is so funny because <laughs> then it just drops up in like, between the Bigfoot and UFO chapter. Like even when I was watching, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that the Bermuda
2: Triangle is like even a thing. But growing up, you're like, and if you're out sailing, you gotta watch
1: out for the Bermuda Triangle. Like you yeah, gotta it's, know. It's like the it's like the John Mullaney quicksand. Yes, thing. Like, yeah, things yeah. you thought you'd have to deal with, Bermuda Triangle quicksand
0: yeah it actually makes sense that this would be um my mandela effect thing that i thought everyone in this movie was australian maybe uh, and then i watched the movie multiple times and they're not
2: um because isn't <laughs> australia kind of florida I, I like around uh viewing three or four of the movie you're like these guys aren't even australian
1: <laughs> wait a second what loop do they stop being Yeah. Australia? uh, No, I guess it's like when before I saw the movie the first time, I'm sure I did think that because it's like giant ocean liner triangle, of course, Bermuda triangle. But then after you see it, there's nothing like besides some wackadoo shit that happens, Mm -hmm. it's not like there's any reference to it. So I don't know. Maybe it's like because there's three Jesses at any given time. Well, and I
2: think their first boat. The very first boat that tips over, I think it's named Triangle because he says, on, I, I meant to go back and check, but he says on the mic when they get the distress call, he's like Triangle, the Coast Guard or something like that. And that's the only real time that I remember them saying anything about Triangle.
0: Yeah, this movie does have a, the stink of um, uh, either two scripts combined or uh, them not the producers not liking the title and changing it to something more evocative later on. Yeah, like the, maybe it was the, called, like, Je- Jess's Torment or something. <laughs> and then they had to change
1: it to something tolerable and generic. Uh, yeah, it's... Again, that's this that's this uh, director's problem all the time. Oh, Black Death? That's gonna be bad. Severance? Yeah.
2: Detour. Severance is at least a pun. He likes a it's lot of one word. Or Detour, sometimes two or words. Uh, but the yeah, majority... Sorry.
0: <laughs> i to make sometime. one time that we got to do on the show get santa what does he do when he gets him the movie's called get santa it's not called got santa you gotta watch the sequel Ooh, for that. that's true. <laughs>
1: will not you have to watch the first one if they already got Santa?
2: I would love if in the movie Get Santa, they never get him and they're like, well, it's called Get Santa. It's <laughs> not,
1: the Waiting for Godot of Not Santa Got movies. Santa. <laughs> do they get Carter? I've never seen that movie. <laughs> yeah, they, they do get Carter. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, Warwick Davis is in Get Santa. Oh, no. Well, is he an elf? I'll take your word for it. It's got 76% <laughs> fresh. This Christopher Smith guy, um, is in no tagline for this movie. I like that. Yes, oh Peter. God, according, according, so, yeah, according to the poster, it's him. It's one of those things where they're, like, stacked vertically with people standing behind each other. So it's him, and then what I imagine is the young kid of the family, and then the the older kid in the family, and then Santa on the top. And they're behind bars, and there's a reindeer. And I like, Warwick I Davis like, I is this yeah, what's up?
0: I like asking you questions about this poster as if Ryan and I are incapable of Googling what it looks
1: like. <laughs> no, don't. Let me let me describe oh, it. Oh, I you. haven't looked it uh, up.
0: Aaron, uh, uh, computer, uh, analyze. Who has the highest uh, IMTV star score of the entire cast? I mean,
1: probably Warwick Davis. Oh, Jim Broadbent, maybe? Yeah, maybe. maybe Jim Broadbent's in this? He must be Santa. He's definitely not playing Warwick Davis. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's playing Warwick Davis and then Warwick Davis is somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Warwick Davis as himself, as played by Jim Broadbent. Yeah, and then <laughs> doll. Yeah. Uh, anyways, this movie's gonna let's. Yeah, I think it's good to just say confusing shit because that's what we're gonna be doing. Yeah. Hey, so, Aaron, do you
0: want to give us a, a recap
1: of the movie? Yeah, let's, I know let's that's see where you're recap. going, but uh, but this so, like the format that we're doing now. Yeah. So Jess is uh, a person who arrives on the dock, a little bit out of it, and she's with a. Few friends and people that don't know her that well, and they're just going on a yacht. There's Liam Hemsworth, who has a name. I don't know any of their names. No, besides Jess, well, the other guys in the in the show it. Patriot on Amazon. That's all. I, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's let's. I mean, one of them dies immediately and is not part of the movie, which is good because she's kind of apart from
0: Le- apart from she, Liam Hemsworth. They're largely just victims. She
2: looks they like do an, a lot of. Screaming. She looks like an adult that watched a lot of Blossom. She's got that weird hat. She's got pigtails and then she just dies and is gone. And you're like, all right.
1: Yeah. And she she's and the cute. other friend kind of stink because they're like, they're like, why is she out of here? Isn't her kid the R word? Which is like, uh-oh. oh, oh, <laughs> I don't like these characters. I actually did. I loved, I wrote it down somewhere. I
2: loved it at one point when they were like, oh, you don't like her. It, is it, is it because of the jean shorts and it cuts and she's just wearing very normal jean shorts. Like, it's not like, it's like her <laughs> ass is hanging out or anything like that. It's just like, is it cause she's a slut? And then it cuts to her. It's like, she's just, she just looks like a normal person. <laughs>
0: Brian, in our defense, we are jort apologists. That's true. Uh, we, we are jort partisans.
2: That's fair.
1: Uh, any color or like, do you guys like stripes on your jorts? <laughs> Remember those racing stripes that were big? Uh, they make you go
2: faster. I don't know. I what don't about,
1: know uh, what about, what about, what about Japreeze? I, I feel jort. like I can confuse I,
2: I I'm a non-stripe jorts man. Okay.
0: I do like my, my jorts. Um. Uh, clean. Um, I do like them, free of uh, frivolity. Yeah, I'd say. I actually don't think so I have. You're, you're, I don't have any no jorts. Fun jorts.
1: No fuck jorts. Fun. No, no fun. 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 But also, all jorts are implied to be no fuck jorts. <laughs> I don't know. You ever seen Daisy Dukes? Mm-hmm. Those are jorts. Uh, oh, you got me there. I guess. Yeah. I mean, if you cut it high enough, you can fuck without even getting out of the jorts. <laughs> They're just uh, a denim belt at that point. You're fucking in the jort. Uh, yeah, so there's... The, so, uh, Greg, fucking in the <laughs> you're fucking in the jorts. You're fucking in the jorts. That sounds like a great, like, mid-90s song. Fucking in the jorts. Um, anyway, so Greg, uh, that's Jess's friend who invited her on this boat. Uh, Jess is a single mom. Um... And has a kid who has autism, and Greg I think is kind of implied pretty heavily uh, has kind of a crush on Jess, and is really like uh, a good friend, but kind of wants to be more. And meanwhile, her the rest of the friends on this boat are like, "Hey, how about instead you date someone else? We brought you a girl." And he's like, "I don't like that. Don't bring me girls. I got Jess." Um,
0: he basically all of his friends are all of uh, his friends are kind of shitheads because they're like. Uh, you, uh, date someone without baggage. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a uh, shitty it's... thing to say about someone's child, but all right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So the the person who is brought on the boat for Greg is Heather, who dies pretty quickly and never resurfaces again. So we can forget about her. Uh there's oh, Sally. she drowns before she
0: gets in the cycle. You're well so exactly. Right. Yeah.
1: She she drowned pre-cycle. So. But she, that's what she's airing to show the boat for. There's uh, Sally and Downey, who are a married couple, who don't have too much besides, but Sally is the person who's like, she, her daughter's the R-word. Uh, so I'm Sally, shitty. Yeah. So Sally, though, ends up in a very funny situation at the end of the movie. So we'll talk about her. Uh, very haha uh, uh, funny. Yeah. Kind of like a multiplicity situation. Uh, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then finally, America there's...
0: is laughing at multiplicity.
1: Yeah, so the Michael Keaton
0: comedy he did instead
1: of Death Becomes Her. He More than one? Up. No, that can't be it. Because he passed up years... something that was. Very those are four similar. years removed. But uh, yeah, how, how you like Michael Keaton? How about four of them? One of them's a man's man. One of them's a man's woman. You like Michael Keaton? <laughs> one of them. Let's see how much. Yeah. Uh, so, and then Liam Hemsworth <laughs> as Victor, who, uh, just, uh, just seems like a friend, I guess. She does know Jess. Uh, no, excuse me. He's, uh, a, sailor wait, he, a sailor boy. Wait, he does know he Jess? He see you later, boy. What? Wait, he does know Jess? Yeah, he did know Jess. I thought, I- as he's like, hey, Jess, right? No, I think, no, uh, cause... I don't know how much we can your in. friend is looking. He, oh, yeah. no, you're right. He says, hey, yeah. Jess. No, and he, then she goes, he, he says, I've heard of yes, you. Yeah, 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 that's right. But they do, they seem like they have familiarity throughout the movie. So, yeah, but you're right. He's like, hey, Jess. No, I know, but. I've heard a guy lot who's about in love about with you, you keeps talking about you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's a friend to, like,
0: he's a friend in the sense, like, uh, me and Emerald he's are friends friend. because I've yeah. heard of him.
1: Yeah. You'd recognize him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bam. Uh, so, anyway, so they get on the boat. There's a storm pretty quickly. The boat turns over. Heather dies. Uh, They call on the radio for support. It's a very cool-looking storm for such a low budget, kind of like this weird green hue, and it's, like, very localized. Uh, The boat flips over again, uh, and they're – after the storm is over, and they're riding on the top of it, and they see a cruise liner. And someone on top who they assume has rescued them. So they get on the cruise liner, which is immediately like a maze of, you know, an abandoned cruise ship is just full of the same room over and over and over again. Um, so they're it's super Art Deco. For- it's like uh the shining yeah. or Bioshock one. Yeah. Or two. and so they're they're running through but it's probably both bio, probably the third one too Peter <laughs> the third all one's the, DLC all the Bioshocks um so they're they're running around and they start there's a lot of weird stuff there first there is uh, a mirror that has blood that says go to the uh, um um theater theater yeah i was gonna say concert halls like that's too much blood they don't have enough blood go to the concert concert hall (laughs) west wing auditorium oh no way
0: to
2: the ravinia you take the lido deck and then you (laughs) (laughs) ran
0: out of blood all right next cycle i'll get
2: enough
1: (laughs) blood to finish it
0: you're right there's a sweet spot where the amount of blood gets less creepy
1: because it's just um so anyways uh so all, all of a sudden someone starts shooting at him it's a person wearing a burlap sack uh Essentially, like, everyone dies very quickly, but Liam Hemsworth's character comes out and is like, uh, Jess tries to strangle Jess because, uh, she did this to him, even though we've been with Jess the entire time. Also important, Jess finds, uh, they hear key drops when they're all together, a key drop. So they assume someone's there, they go find it and it's Jess's keys with like half of her locket, even though. She still has that locket on her. So eagle-eyed viewers might wonder if Jess is somehow part of this whole thing. Oh, this is going to get so um, confusing already. I feel like things are already getting mixed up. So so essentially everyone's – no, she does find the the, the first – when they get there, the, they hear the key drop. When they first show up, they – but yeah. you've already mentioned people getting shot and stuff.
2: Well, yeah, I'm saying – I went back to that. Oh, part, okay. But, gotcha. But yeah, the, wait, so but is the locket on the key? a single detail, I am getting off the call. wait wait but Um, but the locket's not on the keys is
1: it i might have missed that i thought it was just it is yeah okay yeah um because yeah then she goes see it is mine and she holds up like half of it to show the one that she has
2: no no she she holds up her locket to show it's her kid and then she's got a separate thing on there of her son on her keys as well
1: okay so it Okay, so it is... But the locket's involved. um. Yes, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I'm not trying to be... No, you're... you're Myself, I'm being confused. I'm like, wait, hold on. So anyway, so... uh, Liam Hemsworth has the the thing... uh, Has, like, a hole in the back of his neck. Everyone else gets shot pretty quickly. And she's like, what the fuck is going on? She runs into the burlap sack guy who is now attacking her. um, And she pushes... Uh, this the burlap sap off and right bef- off the deck after a fight, and uh, the the killer says, "Kill them all. Don't let them on the boat." As that happens, she looks over and sees uh, the same sees herself and all her friends emerging from the storm on the boat. So this is where it gets really confusing because now it's not like time reset on the boat. Every, like there's still dead bodies. There's still blood. There's still all these things. And and they had been noticing blood, like in weird places as they were walking through the ship before. So now as people come out, Jess is the one hiding and, and doing stuff. And like, so she starts doing things like dropping her keys that the other people find. And then she hides. And so, uh, I see, it's like my brain's already, like, melting a little bit. Okay. So, again, I know what happens. It's very hard You're to Your brain is it. going through the Y2K mode. You're like, how do it I is. turn over? Shut down. Did I store enough water? I got rice <laughs> Um So, she doesn't really know what to do, but starts kind of pulling people off. Uh. To kind of talk to them about it, mainly Liam Hemsworth, and say, hey, you just died. There's another me on this ship now. And as Liam Hemsworth tries to, like, say, I'm leaving, she kind of grabs him, not violently, but is kind of like, hey, listen to me, and accidentally puts his neck through, like, a a hanger on the ship. Um, and so she leaves, he leaves blood. There's like blood stains that are left by both of them. Then she sees, uh, one of the guys, the, the husband dude floating in the, floating in the water and it's like, see, oh wait, that person, a Downey died too. Um, so eventually all of these people die again. Uh, there's a version of the burlap sat person that this time gets shot because she grabs a gun and is prepared for it and shoots him or, or shoots her. Um, and I think, no, that doesn't happen yet. No. So so cycle
2: two, cycle two, Victor gets hit in the head with the pokey after that, like you said. Yeah. Greg still gets shot uh, like normal. Jess shows up and then she saves them. Uh, Downey and Sally, because they're like, "Oh, you killed her!" But then she pushes them out of the way. Um, yeah. Downey gets tricked by the later version of Jess, who's covered in blood, gets slashed and stabbed, and then oh yeah, we see
1: another one. And now. then
2: Sally, it's the one where she drags herself and bleeds out with her crew, the rest of her bodies.
1: Yeah, and then she watches the new jess that just got on the ship kill another version of jess yeah the and throw hooded her off one off the deck and so now you literally have like almost a russian doll stack because she's on an upper deck watching this happen and then right after it happens she sees the ship emerge from the storm again and that's when she realizes it happens after everyone dies that they come back out of the storm um, we should also say there's we're starting to get some really amazing imagery, too. So I think it's in the second instance that she um, she drops her uh, locket in a place. First, she sees a locket hanging. Mm-hmm. She goes to grab it. It drops. And then she, as she's looking down and seeing there's hundreds of lockets down there, um, then her, her locket um, falls off. And then Sally, who gets killed by mysterious fourth Jess, which we'll talk about later goes off into a corner to die. And as she walks, like probably my favorite, like at least image in the film. Oh, it's the best. As she she wanders over there to die, there is like hundreds of dead Sally's. Uh, And she like is both like terrified, but bleeding out and like just kind of goes into the corner with the rest of them.
0: There's a cool reveal that it reveals like this cycle started before... The present Jess even yeah. arrived.
2: And Sally right? I mean like, Sally's horrified, but she doesn't seem to zone. she doesn't seem to hesitate. She's just like, well, I, I'm trying to escape, but then is just like, yeah, I'm just gonna go into these multiple bodies of myself and this is about it.
1: Oh, these people look familiar yeah. and safe. I'll hang out with them. I um, mean it's one way to
2: resign
0: yourself to your fate to be like, well, I didn't need a calculator, but I crunched some probabilities here.
2: And, uh, and I so feel like I'm gonna end the, up in this pile. The the, uh, the only other thing that uh Kind of helps with the duplication and kind of guides Jess to know that she's the person killing is she also finds the stack of notes, the crumpled up notes that says kill them all. And so then she takes the pad and writes, kill them all and realizes it's her handwriting. It's all that stuff. So she starts to realize that she's probably the hooded person.
0: So, and and then the pile of dead bodies, there's like a hundred of those kill them all notes.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, like,
0: she in it. the same emotional place before where she's like, uh, she's willing to either write this note or test herself against that note because she leaves behind. Her trying to test the note. Yes. She, like, leaves behind the crumpled version. She doesn't, like, take it with and throw it off the boat. So, like, there are versions of uh, her that say, kill them all, and then there are versions that uh, are um, her just trying to figure out if she wrote, kill them
1: them all. Yeah. (laughs) So, we'll we'll get to that in a second about how... Yeah, I'm just saying, we're in the middle. She's realizing she's in the middle of the arc. Yeah, so... Then she decides – like, so she realizes there's an arc and she realizes she hasn't got to this other part of the arc because she's obviously seeing um, seeing the, the burlap sack killer doing it. But then she also realizes why she's been doing it is that, hey, when I kill them, they reset. So as long as I kill them as quickly as possible, I'll be able to intercept the boat that's coming up. And go, hey, look, it's me, I'm also on the boat with you, don't come on this boat. Like, that, you get why Jess has decided that killing them is the right move. And some of it makes a little bit of sense, too, because... Like, she realizes she's in a – she's in almost a spiral or a cycle. She hasn't got to the end of that. So, as far as she knows, like, once you get to a certain point, you end up being successful. Except she knows that the final part of it is that she gets thrown off um, the boat. And the one kind of mistake that she makes, which I want to go into a little deeper, is that she goes, okay, I know that happens. So, I'm going to outsmart it. Um, Because I have the information of the future. So, if I make changes – it will. I will be able to prevent my, myself from getting thrown off the boat. So anyway, she, we go through a third cycle. Now she's the burlap sack killer. She's shooting people. She's trying to get people dead as quickly as possible. Um, and eventually, though, does get thrown off the boat, even though she tries to change things up. She still ends up going over the side. Uh, but all of a sudden, we see her back on dry land. And she goes to – we didn't talk about a pre-credit scene in this movie where uh, it seems like her autistic son has spilled something and she's saying, don't worry, it's spilled. We'll be able to clean it. Not a big deal. She goes back to her house and you realize that she is there before uh, we saw the opening credit scene. So, she's back before she went on the boat. Um, And she – we get to see that whole scene play out. Where it was not, um, where it wasn't, like, just a uh, a startling moment that she's comforting, but instead she is freaking out at her kid, saying ab- abusive stuff to her kid, uh, just, like, really being an awful person. And now this, this future Jess is, like, sitting and, and being sad about it. So she then goes back and decides to kill this Jess. Um, and uh, so she does kill this Jess. And then, while she's cleaning that up, and and, sh- and there's another Jess dead body. That's when her autistic son sees uh, the 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 floor that the color is needs to be changed. And so the the Jess we saw at the beginning is one who's already been through the cycle. Who's comforting her autistic son. She then kind of realizes that she's in a cycle and decides to I'm gonna get the fuck out of here. So she gets her son, puts the dead body of her. Uh, past self in the car drives away and gets distracted and ends up essentially getting into goes goes out to go pick up a dead bird that she sees on the side of the road she throws it on the beach which is another great moment where there are now hundreds of dead birds on this beach so it's really the first time as the audience that we are very clear like oh whatever this cycle is we're still in it yeah it's not broken like, yet. this has been happening over and over and during this time, a car gets distracted, hits the, the car as she gets back into it. Um, and the next thing we see is um, is uh, her son who's dead. Her her previously dead person who she killed is got out of the plastic bag and looks like she was dead in the accident. She's standing there with a weird taxi driver who's like, where do you want to go? They're dead. And she asks to go back to the dock so that she can get on the boat and uh, presumably, try to stop this from happening. Even though, <laughs> as we have seen now over and over, uh, it's just going to end up with her back on the boat.
2: So the the only correction that I, I it. She hits the bird, and so then she gets out, and the the sun hates changes, so he's screaming about the oh, the yeah. blood, and the blood and um, she uh, yeah. swerves yeah. Yeah. into oncoming traffic. So it's 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 her fault, which is I think a big reason why you know all this cycle or whatever happens because her son's dead now and all that stuff. So
0: yeah, yeah. this is this we- is the part of the movie where <clears throat> um, and well, we'll get to it. But this is the part of the movie where I have some friction with it because this part does feel a little contrived but the fact that it's a movie about like these fateful cycles that have to stack on top of each other, even though it seems a little crazy when you see it the first time kind of you know it, it uh, it's sort of lubricant for that uh, that kind of uh, crunchiness at that point in the movie um, but yeah, yeah
1: I, I-, I actually really like all that I I like it because it's a it's a loop without a beginning. Um, like if you try – and it's meant to be that way, right? Like as you try to plot out how this loop started in the first place, it's impossible because yeah. the, the person that went on the boat in the first place was the one who existed post-boat. So I really like that about it where it is kind of that, okay, there's no – or maybe there's a version that started the loop that we don't see, but there's nothing to like solve – Within the yeah. face of the movie. But so here's where I kind of want to start, though. Um, knowing all that, my sense is is that once she gets on the boat and sleeps and the storm happens, that's what resets her. Where she know- like she remembers it getting on the boat, and then when she wakes up on the boat, she doesn't remember anything besides some deja vu stuff. I mean, I, I don't
2: know how deep we want to dive right into it, but then there's still that... I don't remember what you ended up referencing or I was – I just called her Evil Jess, the one Jess that seems unaccounted for in
1: the movie. So, my wild theory, which is only supported by the same head wound situation, is that um, – is that that Jess that we see is potentially dead in the car accident – isn't actually dead, and she ends up back on the boat at some point. Mm, gotcha. Um, yeah. Like, I don't think we're seeing, so...
2: Oh, because she hit her in the head with the hammer. I gotcha. I know, I did not put that together. Even when you were talking about it earlier. Because she has
1: the exact same wound when we see her, like, killing, uh, what is his name? Dawson and Sally. Like, yeah. exact same wound in the same spot. So, it feels like there's... Com- we definitely don't see every portion of the, of the sequences play out, but... Yeah, let's get to that. But there clearly is a overall sequence that we're seeing some percentage of that keeps repeating over and over. And the reason it, it repeats in these different permutations is because, like you said, Peter, is it the is it when she sees the the note that says "kill them all"? Is it the jest that? Is try has solved the mystery without the help of the previous Jesses, and is trying to say kill them all in the same spot, or is it the Jess that has interacted with the Jesses and is trying to figure out if she's the one who wrote kill them all? So you don't have one loop; you have four or five. We see three iterations. There's my sense is that there's four or five mm-hmm. total um, that are happening. That that again, the knowledge of the future causes. Or the knowledge of what's going to happen in one loop causes changes to behavior that doesn't prevent the loop. It's just building it into, again, not a loop, but a spiral.
0: Yeah, because if you want to look at it as bad, if there's a bad Jess and a good Jess, right? Like, uh, in a sense, the ending reads to me as, uh, Jess, in order to escaped the cycle had to become the monster that she feared at the beginning of the movie put on the hood grab the shotgun the whole fucking deal uh, she became that out of pragmatism um and that's sort of like the emotional journey she's on and we like go through her in every step and like it more or less makes sense right like this movie's a little crunchy a little clunky but like it emotionally rings true for me and it it, it works right like It's a loud machine, but it's a machine, right? It works. Um, And she gets to the point where she becomes Evil Jess. And then she loops back on the cycle. She breaks out of the cycle. um, And she goes back to her house. And she's seeing another version of Evil Jess, which is Jess, who's a bad mommy, uh, abusive mother. Um, And that's... In a weird way, it's tying together past Jess and future Jess because by approaching the past from behind, like breaking through the cycle and then breaking through to the past, she's uh, seeing a version of herself in the present that will become her future unless she stops it. So then she murders that Jess in an act of guilt because she realizes that the past evil Jess... Was her the whole time. This is the yeah. movie basically collapsing all of her her past, present, and future versions together. And it gives pragmatic answers for why she'd become a murderer. But there's no pragmatic answer for why she'd be a, a, a I don't know, a abusive mother other than just like frustration, I guess. Yeah. Um, but she gets to see the whole scene play out where she's like, I just need like a day alone. And then um, the, the kid has its, its own kid. The kid has his own... Um, you know, uh, preferences and like his own into- his own frustrations and intolerances. And that day, she's intolerant of those intolerances and has a fucking meltdown in a way that's like very ugly. And then she tries to correct her past by murdering this future that she's coming upon or this presence that she's coming upon. And this is becoming a nonsense rant. But to tie it all together, the point is that the past our past sins and our future sins are often guided by like, uh, context gives them a sort of pragmatic feel. And without context, they seem they seem insane and evil and in fact are insane and evil. There's no good context for being abusive to your child. But um, the fact that we're given context and we're given sympathy for Jess as you know, films or empathy machines we follow, this one character throughout the arc, the past and the future collapse into one. And she becomes somebody who's trying to undo her regretful past. Um, that took forever to get to, I know, but like <laughs> that's the nature of this movie is that the, the, it's the there's these recursive cycles and you kind of have to judge character arcs based on everything.
1: Yeah. And the, the the other part that you mention um, is and that's really explicitly referenced in this movie, like um, like there is this idea of she's um, it's it's the it's the Sisyphus thing, right? Like that she is forever doomed to repeat the same thing because she's not capable of making the changes uh, that would result in potentially getting out of the cycle because she is fundamentally who she is as a person, right? Like so that is why that we as as far as we know from the the what we're given in the movie, like even her attempts to switch things up are still informed by who who she is. So when she switches things up in four or five different permutations, that's all there is. Like then the next step is to go back to the first one because in general people behave in relatively similar fashion it's why there's so many times that i listen to like old old episodes of our podcast peter and you will say something and i will think of a joke in my head and then i will say the joke on the podcast and it's like oh yeah that's just how my brain works <laughs> like um like the stimuli that you gave me from this setup makes me think that this is the thing i'm going to say next immediately and So, both past and present version is, like, one makes the joke in his head quick, and then I am usually find it very funny when, oh, no, I did say that. I said (laughs) that exact thing. Perfect. But, like, that is what's happening in this movie. She is unable to get out of this cycle because, fundamentally, she is the person that she is. So you can't and she's because she, you know, cuz that kind of the curse in this time loop is that she's which is which really what separates it from Groundhog Day and Edge of Tomorrow where like all the information that you're gathering on each successive loop plays into it it's 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 still a loop it's just way longer and the circumference is way bigger than we had any idea and really still have any idea but at the end of the day she's still resetting at some point and all of that knowledge that she keeps gaining as she thinks she's broken out of the loop and now i'm gonna do this and now i'm gonna make this decision ultimately goes away once she passes back through the storm and um And now she's back to have to relearn the same thing over and over and over again. And I think there, you know, to expand your metaphor, Peter, about like the abusive component here, like, so she's, she watches her son be abused by her in the past. And like, I'm sure seeing that outside of your body is like, oh shit, like I am a garbage person. It's why, like, I do think like people, whether it's like that get videotaped when they're you know, uh, being, being monsters and it ends up online or like even like if you've ever been videotaped by an asshole friend when you're a little too drunk and can't say the word pizza or something anymore <laughs> and like you watch it back and you're like, oh, like to be confronted by you who can't say pizza feels like feels really bad even if you've caused no actual harm to to anyone so or like if you're or if you're screwed up or you're
0: not feeling like particularly good about yourself or whatever anything that you you feel like you're not operating at full capacity or in full confidence and you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like oh shit like that's yeah that's my indicator when i've i've uh i've had too many beers and i need to go home from the party as i like go pee and i check myself in the mirror i'm like oh Time to go. <laughs>
1: yeah, like oh my my eyes are usually more open. Maybe yeah. I should go home.
0: Um, yeah. But and also like uh, fucking um, yeah. The, I mean, this is a little a little meta, or maybe a little up our own ass to be more specific. But like a lot of people don't like the sound of their own uh, voice on recording, um, and yeah. I've gotten over it just because eventually when you're editing <laughs> your own voice, yeah. you have to get over it. But like, listen to thousands of hours of my voice. But you're you, people. You you can be. Um, you can have either a lot of uh, um twenty twenty vision and, and uh, crisp hindsight when you can see yourself recorded and play <laughs> yeah. back
1: for yourself. It throws, also- it throws your identity in crisis because you're like, I, this isn't how I sound. I, when I talk, this is how I sound. So, yeah. if that's not how I sound, then how do I sound when I say it? Like it's, oh, I definitely
2: did like just- a couple of mic checks earlier and was just like listen back because I was like, should I... Should I pronounce things a little differently? Should I like? Uh, do I sound okay?
0: <laughs> no, you both have you both have great radio voices. Wait, uh, Aaron already knows that, but Ryan, you have a great radio voice. I hated
2: hearing myself too. Wait, not not to backtrack. Did you say crisp hindsight or crisp hindsight? Because I that's not a ju- crisp. Chris P. Hindsight. That's not a joke. I literally, it sounded like you said, like, Chris Pine Sight. I was like, what's it? What's Chris, this What's this, this wordplay? My plate. new car air freshener, Chris Pine Sight. Yeah, set. that's what it sounded like.
0: Uh, it what well, actually, so Sorry. I met Chris Pine Sight, but also we didn't know the sort of talent that we had in Chris Pine until probably Wonder Woman, right? uh were you, even,
1: you saw those star trek movies
0: yeah yeah he was finding them he was oh another he was just another chris no. in the bunch at that point point. and now all the the hemsworth the evans they've all gone on their own directions
1: no not. he was always the best chris <laughs> that's not true yeah anyways uh so really i want to get Literally back to that point really right? quick uh we chris evans obviously is the best no person. he's the best person maybe but chris pine's like the best actor yeah
0: Anyways. Chris Evans is the one who I, I, I like to pretend uh, I would be that one if I were like 80% more handsome.
2: Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna have to agree with Peter. Thanks.
1: We've all decided that Chris, uh, what's his fucking name? I can't even remember the fourth Chris's name. Oh, no. Well, there's there's Pine. There's Hemsworth. There's. Oh, Chris Pratt. I was like, it's a P one, too. Um, I'm glad we've all decided Chris Pratt's the worst. So that's, that's <laughs> he, good. At least, he at was least the there's agreement. For like a very short period of time. He year, was a maybe. little bit. Yeah. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy, Parks and Rec, and then he's like, "I'm in a weird church yeah. that hates gays." And everyone's like, "Never mind, dude." And I love and you're my like, church. Went to church called Hillsong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so my point was though. So she sees her, she sees herself with her, with her, with her kid, and in that moment, like she kind of breaks down and realizes how bad she is. But when she um is in the car, and he's upset about the blood that happened because she hit a bird, which. A a lot of people would be upset at, not to to too, you know, like, there's blood all over your cart, you ran into a bird. Like, um, you can tell she gets super annoyed at him about it, and she just watched herself get overly annoyed, I think. And I think, if I'm going to take that and extend the whole metaphor of this thing, like, at the end of it, like, she is still the person that she is who is uh, abusive to her autistic son. Oh, I completely agree. So... When she passes through that storm, which is whatever causes her abuse to come out, like, she resets. It doesn't matter what she just learned 20 minutes ago, which is, oh, my gosh, I'm a monster. She's getting the stimuli that causes her to be a monster. And she immediately goes back to kind of that. Okay, why? Yeah, I'll I'll take care of it. And it's like if that's like the metaphor of the movie, I think that. Makes a lot of sense because, again, the second she goes through the storm, she resets and it's like all of her learnings go away, which we see very, very clearly literalized through the whole time spiral thing. I did find that very interesting, too. I thought it
2: was where she was like watching it and be like, well, that's not how I would take on those responsibilities. That's my son, blah, blah, blah. And then right when she straps on the responsibilities herself and her previous self is dead in the trunk or It very quickly seems to crumble back into being annoyed with him shouting blood, blood, blood and slipping directly back into those abusive behaviors because at her core, I mean, whether she wants to admit it or not, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, that life is stressful. I'm stressed with my son. Uh, This is how I handle it. And you're like, oh, okay. Like you said, it's like, oh, you're going to learn. You're going to change your unit. Nope. You're doomed to repeat because it's based on her own. Resolutions, and so that's why she loops on the ship, and that's why she loops overall, and all that stuff. It's because it it boils down to her decision making,
0: and also like, and also like what she does to to the way she yells at her child is like intolerable, and the movie is is basically saying it's intolerable. It's never trying to justify it, but uh, Ryan, you made a good point there. Is that she? pretty much immediately crumbles back to those same sort of cycles. And everybody, add, addicts, abusers, um actually, but kind of also everyone, because human beings, like, it's very hard to bake break bad habits.
1: Um Yeah, I mean, you really to say, have to be, but- com- like, you really have to be committed, right? Like, there has to be a, like, level of self-awareness, and there has to be, like, it's a process. Like, there's a reason why, like, changing who you are as a person is when it's like damaging and stuff like that. And that is no way to provide excuse to anyone because if you're causing damage, you need to, you're still a hundred percent responsible for your behavior. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, like you can't just go, Oh, Hey, next time. Like if you're like, if you're an alcoholic, like you can't just go, you know, the next time I drank, I'm just going to stop after six because if like, your problem is as an alcoholic, as my uncle's one, he's like, the problem is once you have one, you need the second one. Once you have two, you need the third one. So that idea that you're like, this time I'm going to stop at a reasonable time is like you are Sisyphus pushing the rock up the hill, right? You're like, you you can't do that because that is the rock rolling back down the hill. So as long as you're participating in an activity and you, you are always going to end – for the most part in that same way. And there were a couple interesting
2: yeah, oh sorry Peter you can go.
1: Oh no, I was I was
0: just going to add to that. That's a really good metaphor. I think uh, the the um that's a big reason why 12 step programs um have uh public apologies and public uh recognition and you call yourself an alcoholic and you're always an alcoholic and it's not a stigma thing. It's a um I will always have addiction issues. I will never uh be able to Figure out that perfect balance. That that's yeah. that's a myth, right? Um, so that that uh, that's that's actually a really good a really good metaphor for um, uh, how humans perfor- uh, create these bad habits just to make it through life, and then breaking yeah. those habits is very cl-
2: very hard to beat. And and originally she's made. I mean, the paint stuff that knocked over, her, blah blah, all that. But originally when she's ramping up, the only thing that we have to base it off of is just the kid doesn't put his toys away. I mean, she's like, yeah, I'm not going to buy you any more toys if you're not going to put them away, blah, blah. And you're like, this is why your dad left because you're a
1: fucking idiot. Like, 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 it's awful, really awful. awful, awful stuff. But again, that that part where it's like you if you are like, oh, recognizing literally recognizing yourself as, oh, I'm being abusive to my son. The way you fix that is not just um, drive on the other side of the okay, road. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop doing that because that's not recognizing. You know, what is the stimuli and you're these unconscious behaviors that's leading. Like, there's so much work you would have to do and recognize. And her thing is like, well, now that I see it, I'm just going to stop. And I I think that's – while that's not like explicit in the movie. I think the rest of the movie supports that that's – like, ultimately, she is always reacting to stimuli, right? She's never stopping really to think about – what is a way to do this? She is, okay, oh, this happened? Okay, I'm going to do this. And so she is not like – can you imagine if she just was like, okay, these people that come on board, I'm not going to do anything. Like, I'm going to try a few different things. I'm going to poke around at the boundaries. Instead, it's it's constantly like, I'm going to grab this person quickly and yell at them about – Or this like and, take a couple pot shots, not not take on the mirror and put go to the theater.
2: Like, she already knows that they've been sent to the theater by her possibly yeah, at some exactly. point you're like do something else like mix it up. I thought the same thing but you're like no, it's just I don't think that she really sat down and formulated a plan on whatever the fuck is going on. It's it's really just knee jerk gut reactions and
1: how to solve stuff quickly. Yeah, which is the thing. Like you can't get out of the cycle if you're not like taking time to figure out, well, what am I doing that's causing this obvious cycle to happen? <laughs> like when there's when you see but again, she like, even seeing it doesn't fundamentally change her behavior. Like, she sees 300, 400... Um, Sally's? Uh, Sally's, and she's like, okay, uh, well, I'm just going to keep doing what this lady's doing. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to get thrown over the deck. When, when you should be thinking, hey, clearly, the one I threw over the deck knew everything that, like, lost her lock and saw the Sally. So, you don't think that one thought for a second, like... Okay, I'm not going to get thrown over the deck. Or, like, like at, at one point... Uh,
2: where is it? At one point, she very specifically says, like, break the pattern or something, like, along those lines. And I remember thinking, like, okay, here we go. Even if it was something simple, like, I don't understand when she saw those two fighting like shout at them, do something different where you're like, that's not yeah. what happened previously. Like you got to do something to break the pattern. And she seems to acknowledge that at one point or another, but then never seems to do anything to break the pattern. Oh, change the pattern so is I'd what like, she says. I'm going to
1: grab this ax now. And now I'll have an ax yeah. or something like that. Yeah.
2: Um, did you guys kind of, when I was watching, I was very interested to see, I was trying to keep track of any triangle imagery, any threes and, and some of them were fun, and I'm sure we'll get to some of it, but since we kind of talked about near the end a bunch, a couple of those really, I think, were intentional. Um, there's a there's a quick shot of the front of her car, and it's an Audi, and I think that's very purposeful because the symbol is the four interlapping, in, uh, interwoven
1: circles. Oh, cool. I, I actually think that's because... Um... This movie was shot in Australia, and the Audi is the official <gasps> car of Australia. Australia, Audi. Um, and then the other one that I actually picked up, and I really hope that it's
2: intentional because I genuinely liked it. And if it's, if I'm just reading into it, I would think that's funnier. Is uh, So when the car accident happens, it's like outside of a school or near a school. Um, and so a kid, they had like marching band practice. And so there's a kid oh, with his yeah. bass drum, and he's like, uh, you know, in shock or in trauma or whatever. But- the symbol on the bass drum—it's an A and an O, but but the leg of the A cuts all the way through the O. Like one leg is longer, and I think I genuinely think that that was intentional. So it's essentially the start of the movie, and then you start piecing it together. She loops back, and then where we're at, she's now fully stuck in the circle. So like you think that there's a way out, and she kind of gets around because the A part's a triangle, and she marks around, and then. She gets out of the boat and then realizes she's still just in an everlasting circle. And so, like, I thought that I think that was at least fairly intentional where I'm like, all right, that's I think that that is kind of what we saw where we're like, all right, it's it's these three things. There's three of her. And then, like you said, there's one unaccounted for. So that kind of throws a wrench in things. And then you realize the overall cycle is much bigger than just the boat.
1: Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't notice that, but I would be amazed if that's not intentional because that is, yeah, a perfect symbolism of what's happening.
0: Because it's not like the the uh, recursive circles are. one act of the movie it's the entire movie right the whole thing is supposed to come into replay and that's what's kind of interesting is when you watch the movie um uh, <clears throat> i've now seen it three times when you watch the movie again like you even have your own sort of meta deja vu stacked on top of that which is very yeah interesting. and you're like this seems familiar but the movie you're right there's a lot of great um there's a lot of great imagery for cycles or, uh, repetitive patterns. And, uh, one of them, that's a, a fun little scene. And I think it also sort of speaks to the language of the movie. Cause the, the like I said earlier, I think the movie's a little, um, it's kind of a brute, uh, a brute force instrument like it gets the job done but sometimes it's like not very subtle um which i think bothers some people doesn't happen to bother me i don't think it bothers aaron um uh, the but one of them is uh she since the movie is uh very much riffing on the shining like she literally goes into a room 237 at one point to do something horrible um and it's riffing off art deco stuff uh, there's a gramophone in one scene like uh, playing 19 some sort of 1920s music mm-hmm. um, also riffing off the era and she bumps the gramophone yeah. and the record starts to skip because she bumps it with her ass and yeah. uh, that kind of that kind of speaks to the way that she stumbles through an an hour plus of
1: this movie um,
0: and Aaron, did you ever collect records or anything?
1: Oh. Yeah, I mean, I I broke a lot of the track records and you know, sports <laughs> records at my school. <laughs> so, um, so a vinyl, I, some record, of them with my record ass. music records. Oh no, I've never even heard of that. You mean um, CDs? <laughs> you're wild. <laughs> Eight wild. tracks. <laughs> what are we
2: talking about?
1: <laughs> cassettes so, baby because if you don't like a song you can just record over it <laughs> so ryan and i uh, no deep collect
0: records and uh i don't know i don't, I don't want to speak for ryan but one of the most annoying fucking things in the world is when there's like a little bit of dust Ugh. or your record player is not perfectly level and it just keeps skipping
1: I mean, I had a record player as a kid because I am older than you too. So let me tell you, yeah. I've got a red vinyl version of
2: Demon Days by Gorillas, and it is not pressed properly, and it loops and, scra- and it repeats itself on a couple different songs, and it's very frustrating. That's so yeah. How
1: are you annoying. gonna ever? How are you gonna ever hear the songs right?
2: Never. I just can't. I can't sure. listen to them.
0: But yeah, it's it's so fucking annoying, and it it it, it is interesting how it takes. Um, That's the that is the interesting thing about this month is that uh, these cycles uh, take something that is novel. And as you sort of pass through these cycles, these repetitive cycles, um, it stops being novel and it starts being infuriating. And you're like, how the fuck do I get out of this cycle? So even though it's kind of clunky, a record skipping is kind of a perfect metaphor for what this month is. The ship itself, the ship itself, is a great metaphor for what the movie is because um it's inescapable, right? That's it's a pretty good standard horror setting because it's water all around. Ships are sort of an oval shape. Um and ships are specifically designed to have like um architecture that's repeatable throughout. So, like, uh, every room on this floor will be exactly the same. And that that's like a weight bearing issue, right? So the ship doesn't have one super heavy side or whatever. And if they do do that, like they change it up, they have to balance it out on the other side. So ships themselves and like how ballast works in ships is like a weird sort of cycle. So putting this all on a ship is pretty interesting. And also just like, I haven't been on a cruise ship before. I've been on like a ship before and like for yeah, what a like a like a day cruise at like a drinking cruise out on the harbor or whatever um, and it's very easy to get lost in those ships because of how like machine made they are and how they sort of uh, you turn a corner and it looks kind of exactly the same as the last hallway you looked down yeah um, and like it, it also like it, uh, cruise ships or big ships are my new least favorite video game location I don't know if you guys played Resident Evil 7 but it's like an amazing game but there's one section on a, on a big like cargo ship and it's yeah this is so a cruise confusing. ship
1: so you like cruise ships you just don't like cargo ships
0: it's just it's confusing yeah i, I, like, I this fucking laid out two. here and like uh yeah that that's so it's a great setting for a horror movie because like even in regular ass non-spooked non uh bermuda triangle ships you feel like you're seeing the same shit
1: over and over and over again yeah it's like being in a hotel right like yeah. If you've never been on a cruise ship, but you ever, like, been in a big hotel, you're like, ah, oh, shit, all these rooms. Like, it's easy to get lost sometimes and be like, do I take a left here or a right here? I stayed in a hotel that basically, like, was a giant square, but you couldn't, like, it was, like, a square that stopped right before it connected. So you could walk in, like, a, almost a full circle back to your elevator and then the floor stopped. <laughs> oh, and it was uh, just, like, a huge pain in the ass. So, like, wait, which one do I turn here again? Because everything looks the same. That's actually how uh, when um,
0: Stanley – thats not Stanley Kubrick. When Stephen King uh, was staying in the – not the Overlook Hotel. The hotel that uh, the Overlook is modeled after, uh, he got really drunk in the bar. And then he tried to go get back to his room where his family was. And he got, like, lost. And all the floors look exactly the same. Like, it's it's a common theme where, like, we feel kind of lost in these uncaring – structures, both literally and uh, metaphorically.
1: It also means that this could go on for decades, and the ship's not going to fill up anytime too soon. Like, eventually it might sink from the weight, because this is going to go on forever. I was going
2: to say, I like that she ditched some of the bodies on, like, cycle two or so, and she, like, ditched Downey's body and whatever but then she yeah. didn't even attempt to clean up all the salies she's just like that's that's too much <laughs> that's too much work that's that's the boat that's belt. a really cool shot so i'm gonna leave the Sallys there yeah.
1: <laughs> i can't wait for the next sally to see yeah. this like i want her to feel welcome yeah. i want her to feel like yeah you're dying but you're among friends
0: yeah, you've got other Sallys to contend with, even though uh, you're a horrible person.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you what, the the best thing later, if they do ever get out of the cycle, hopefully Sally uh, is a donor, because I think it's a lot of heart matches that she could give people. It's like, her, find her license, <laughs> does it have a little heart on yeah. it? Uh, yeah, like, oh, there's a lot of blood, hopefully she's whatever AB is, whatever the, or O, the universal donor. Um... Yeah, I mean, a lot of hearts, a lot of kidneys. In theory, a great way to uh, really save a lot of people. Just keep yeah. this time loop going. Do so you have enough body parts to so all, heal the world?
0: All the Resident Evil movies are kind of bad, but one amazing uh, image in the later movies is Third one's they have they have just like a fucking hole or a cell full of dead Alice's. Because in the Resident Evil movie, uh, whatever, lore, she's a clone. And they. Yeah. By, by the end of the series, I think she's, like, using the clones as her clone army or something. Um, but, like, that image of seeing a lot of the same person dead in different formations is, like, it, it's shocking in a
1: weird way. Yeah, there's a couple of movies I won't ruin, but we alluded to one just last week's episode that, like, the big twist is oh, there's a lot of this person. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Like, that's always a scary imagery. Most and speaking of which, maybe. like, of twists, this this movie has a lot of twists that, like, but I, um, you know, first there's the twist that things are looping, and then there's the twist that the loop is way bigger than you had any idea. Um, I do think that this movie, it was only the second time I saw it, kind of works a little bit like some of those twist movies, like a Fight Club or a Sixth Sense, where, like, in your head, you're kind of like, Oh, he talked to someone at some point. Like, there's a scene that violates these rules. I remember it in my head, and then you go back to Sixth Sense, and you're like, "Oh, fuck! Bruce Willis really doesn't talk to anyone." <laughs> like, I'm sure he talked to that kid's mom at some point. In this one, it's the, it was kind of different. That it was it is a different experience watching it because you're just more focused on things that you weren't focused before. But it's it's where I actually was a hundred percent sure. Because one of the treats of this movie is you have scenes and you have no idea why they're happening, and then it circles back because you're in a deeper version of the spiral, and it shows you why that happened. Why? Well, here's why Liam Hemsworth is bleeding from the back of his head and why he's angry at Jeffs and all that kind of stuff. But I would have, I would have bet all the money in the world that every single one of those loops is closed. So it was very exciting seeing stuff that was like, oh wait. They never could went back to that. Like, that was my, you know, second watch of Sixth Sense moment where realizing that the whole story was way b- bigger and messier than was really shown on screen.
2: Or I, I think that it also does a really good job of not talking down to the audience. Like, it, it does a good job of lulling you into security. Like. It's never. It doesn't seem like a huge twist that she's the killer. It seems like it's fairly like you put it together. And so then you're like, oh, I know what's going on. I kind of understand what's happening. Okay, whatever. And then the big kicker is it's a much larger cycle. You know what I mean? Like it does a good job of making you think like, oh, you're smart. You get it. And then it's like, oh, no, I'm I'm tricking you. There's one last pull like to I lulled you in a sense of security or being smart. And then you're like, no, no, you're not done. You didn't get it. Like she's not safe, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that could happen, and and I
1: think that
0: that goes back to to something I said earlier, which is like that we're taken through the pragmatic steps of how she became the monster, the hooded monster. Um, So by the time we get there, like it doesn't seem like this like ridiculous plot twist. It just feels like it's a natural progression, and like I kind of like the fact that the movie treats that as almost a. It's not quite unspoken, but it's sort of like uh, under the skin thing. Like she never like looks at herself in the mirror with the hood
2: and is like, oh, uh, uh, oh no, what have I become? Like Boo! She, she just kind of puts the fucking hood on. <laughs> yeah. Um. And 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 in a way, it seems like she's trying to complete certain cycle, like cause of that kind of stuff. It's like she didn't need to put on the maintenance uniform in the in the hood. Like if she wanted to, she could just be like, all right, let's start doing this thing. Um. But there definitely has to be some sort of compulsion to complete certain elements of the cycle.
1: Yeah, because that's just who she is, yeah.
2: right? Like
0: she seems. But to I be also like I... by accident. It's almost comical when she kills uh, the Hemsworth guy by putting his head through that spike, mm-hmm. right? Or her bumping the record into uh, you know skipping. Um, and she she's like her running away from the cycle. Weirdly enough, is just
1: encouraging the cycle. Yeah, because what she should have done. So, her thing is like, I'm going to kill everyone and stop them from getting on the boat, and then I'm going to reset, right? But, like, it feels like she knows, like, wh- when they're in that hallway before any of them get killed by other Jesses, like, why not give it a whirl and be like, hey, guys, actually, you may notice that I'm here. Okay, so, like, this will explain everything. Like, let's go back a little bit. Like, hey, guys, I just. Try some new
2: shit. I just dropped those keys. What's up? It's me, Jess. Yeah, that's Jess, too. Yeah. Hey, hey, how's it going? <laughs> yeah. You're probably wondering how I got here. (laughs) From what I understand, I don't need to kill you,
0: Jeff. So there can be a lot of us. Also, like, why not try violence to break out of the cycle? I
1: mean, what else is she going to do? Well, that's the thing. She only tries violence because there's no version where she doesn't become the mass killer and starts killing people. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's probably thematically appropriate. Like, her only go-to is like, oh, yeah, I got to kill every single one of them. So I do have – Every time. I do have two, like –
2: minor conundrum. I mean, we've got the, the spooky Jess that we're like, maybe the head trauma just got back on the boat, which might resolve this. But how, how did her keys get on the boat in the first place? Cause like, she doesn't have them on her when they find them on well, the ground. Head trauma Jess would have because she had her house. So that's what I'm saying that. is like, that would lead yeah. to that. And then the other one was uh, when she finds the lockets that were, they all dropped. The thing that catches our eyes, one of them's like tangled and hanging from there. So how did that one get tangled and all the others are dropping? You know what I mean? Like, so like one of them had to either be tied there or something, but all the others are dropping. So those are the only two parts where I was like, how how'd the keys get there was the bigger one. But then if the head trauma just is on the boat, then that would make sense. So I like that idea because then that pieces what? that together better.
1: Yes. Well, so one thing that was kind of helpful to like read some very elaborate things on this is that keep in mind, like, it's not like this, the Jess that we're seeing goes through the same thing every time. Right. So there's, there's like, I think like four or five, like different Jesses and like the way this is kind of laid out is that the one that, the one that we follow the entire time is Jess three, but like Jess one, Jess two, Jess four, uh, four and five, all have variations of what happens to them, you know? Gotcha. So, so like, obviously when um, she picks up the gun and starts shooting, the uh, the Jess, two reacts differently. So she doesn't have the same path as everyone, um, As everyone in the movie, so what caught her eye? What that probably means is that Jess two. So yeah, so she's Jess three. That Jess two is the one that always gets her locket stuck there, right? And so when Jess three shows up, both lockets go down. Gotcha. But then Jess four may have a different circumstance that's still getting. So like, it's yeah, it's not. It's not a repetition. There's there's four or five permutations of Jess that all ends up back in the same place every time because her de- her her decisions just create another spiral and that spiral always ends with her falling off the boat. I uh the other thing cuz I didn't look into it too much I definitely would have been able to
2: kind of jump a little bit to this but I I agree I don't really like it in a theory and I feel like it's not quite theory but um the idea that they're all dead and stuff um, did you read any more into that or, cause I don't, I yeah, don't love the, that theory. The, the,
1: no, the taxi driver is essentially like river stick shit, right? Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it. I think, I think that's probably the intent of the director, well, but like,
2: eh, I don't want to. So, so now that I'm kind of like staring at my various random notes, I kind of like them piecing together. Obviously there's like a very heavy handed, uh, I mean Aeolus. So Aeolus the one thing that they didn't touch on was when I I did my deep dive of checking the first summary of Wikipedia um, was was that it's Did you go to the grand library of Wikipedia? <laughs> yes. I, I I have my grand library Droller of Wikipedia about card. science?
1: No, sir. Um, 2009 straight to video in America Triangle. Yeah. <laughs> um, no 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 I I, I looked up uh, Aeolus but but the
2: mythical figure apparently is like a three persona um, God, so there's. Do you say Sisyphus? Is this the one that Sisyphus, Sisyphus is, is Sisyphus his is son. Is the son of Aeolus? Okay, yeah. so yeah. so then the three personas are the founder of the like race of Aeolus. So that would make sense for the first cycle because they like arrived, and then it's the second one is the son of Poseidon. So then she's stuck at the sea, and then the third one is keeper of the winds. So I'm not sure exactly where that would fall, but but I like the idea of Sisyphus because then. That stuff seems to make more sense because they said like when they talked about it, they said he cheated death or made a promise to death that he couldn't keep. And then with the driver, he when he shows up, he says, I'm a driver. She says, take me to the harbor and it gets all dark. And then when they pull up, he says, I'll keep the meter running. You'll come back. Won't you? Question mark. And so, like, to me, that that makes her more of like a mythical figure. And and the driver is death or whatever. But I don't I don't necessarily love that she is dead.
1: Yeah. No, so the yeah, so the theory and like, so I think that these, I think that these hints of like Sisyphus and the driver are just like, are are not supposed to be like literalized. I think they're just supposed m- to hint in mythical feelings. Like yeah, like to give you like it's giving you shading. Yeah, right. Um, because the the other like prominent theory is that. Something results in her um, – out of anger killing her son, mm-hmm. right? like that, the, And then somehow she either dies as a result or kills herself over the pain or makes some sort of deal with death to bring her son back or something like that. And so her punishment for that – either that act or trying to make that deal is that she is consistently met at the River Six by – the driver you know, the, the the driver who's actually the the you know I don't I forget who drives the boat the boat captain um the boat captain the
0: famous uh, and, I think it was uh Mr. Roboto
1: Mr. Roboto he says Domo got cuz he makes some comment um, where he's and, like
2: don't bother trying to save him you can't save him or something like that like he's already gone yeah
1: like that she keeps she basically like refuses to cross the river. Yeah, is like the like so she keeps going. I'm gonna try again. So she's reliving her own nightmare over and over again and trying to make changes. But it's, so the, you know, yeah. it's impossible yeah, so that take to change, me to the harbor is the the main issue. Like that's when he says where you want to go. It's like oh, she's still trying to resolve it and figure it out. Yeah, but I, and I think those things can work again. Like yeah. She is kind of uh, pursuing a Sisypheanian type task. Yeah. Where she keeps trying. And like same thing with the whatever the guy is uh, that the taxi driver is supposed to represent. What That works for me as a like, hey, here's um here's some shading that gives you some more context of like so that you can read a little more in of what I'm going for with this character. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work for me as like, actually, this has all been a purgatory. No. She's been yeah. Par- like it's it's. I mean, you could say that for any movie, right? Like, it's just never interesting. Like, oh, yeah, the Swiss family Robinsons died on the ship, and they're, like, when it crashed, and their island adventure is their dying thoughts that they're going to live in a tropical paradise. Like, they can't build those tree houses. They don't have the skills. So, obviously. All right, that's know, not just-
0: true about the original source material, but it is true of the porn remake Tits Family Robinson. <laughs>
1: They they are all dead. Well, they probably are dead. Yeah, now. they were all dead. The <laughs> if, they made a por- <laughs> if They made a porn parody. That's of a why Incest is okay. movie.
2: Yeah. Uh, Wait, why didn't you? So why didn't like- you go Throbinson? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tit's family Robinson. Uh, I did see a movie once called Throbbing Hood, so that's a very popular. That's uh, pretty good. That, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> uh, uh, that's pretty but, good. Uh, but yeah, so like I, again, like that whole like maybe they're dead. It's just so unappealing to me. Yeah. But it definitely is a very popular <laughs> 20 TV. 20
0: minutes later, I don't like the twist from Sixth Sense. <laughs> well, that's different. <laughs> that is like, it's not it everyone's. Currents of Owl Creek Bridge also was an amazing source material. And then everyone was like, what if we did it too?
1: It's not like you can't do it. But like those are. So here's what I would say the difference is between like that and even like the taxi driver shit and all that kind of stuff is those movies are not trying to make you go, I don't know. Maybe everything you saw is a metaphor. Those movies are saying, oh, he's a ghost man. Yeah. (laughs) Like, or like, or memory isn't reliable, right? So, this kind of thing where we're only going to sort of, like, I don't know, maybe he died at that scene because things go really right for him all of a sudden is like, yeah, the movie's not saying that. Like, you are reading into moments and have decided that's an interesting headcanon thing to do. But like I said, you can literally do that for every movie. So unless there's something explicit or a, or some point that would be gained from it, right? Like if Taxi Driver makes more thematic sense about something, if this is uh, – if if like he dies right before the final – shooting great like and it's called out and there's something like that but it, i actually think it just lessens the movie like the point is is that this monster became a hero because he did a vile act that um society rewarded him for like that's the fucking point of the end of taxi driver so he was just a crazy person who imagined with his dying breath he did good stuff like how is that additive to that discussion it's not it's detracting That's my advice on
0: that. It's it's a – this is uh, your personal bugbear and I would never interrupt you um, while you are explaining to everyone why you hate the they were dead the whole time twist because frankly, you're more passionate about it than I am and I like
1: to hear you talk about it. But again, if the twist of your movie is they were dead the whole time, that's fine with me. Like – if the if someone decides that they like a movie better if it just does that twist all the time, <laughs> that is not
2: better to me. Yeah. Have you seen Hoosiers? They were dead the whole
1: time. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. In an Indiana basketball team yeah. You didn't see when Gene Hackman said, Hey, what's up? and that woman didn't respond? Because he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah f-
1: yeah uh, fuck, yeah, fuck weed we for 2069 he didn't
2: do it yeah <laughs> <laughs> um the other because i was i was actually kind of surprised with how few uh i was kind of hoping that i would look and keep a closer eye and there'd be like a lot of triangles everywhere just like because i think that'd be fucking funny in the background or whatever but but the one thing i did catch obviously there were like three is the reflections but there were a lot of um I don't know how the best way to describe it. Uh, There were three, like, there would be a imagery of threes, but then it would also convey the idea of, like, short, long, short. So, So, the windows and doors, there were a lot of bars where it was, like, short, long, short. But then the reason why it actually seemed pertinent to anything was Liam Hemsworth's character has that gigantic, ugly arm tattoo, and it's a thin line, a huge thick line and a thin line. And that was another one that felt like that's literally the pacing of the movie where it's like, there's the beginning, there's the boat, and then there's the end. And like, it, it seemed like it was like after I noticed it a little bit, it seemed to be popping up a lot more where I was like, okay, it seems like it's trying to be like, Oh, okay. There's threes. But then it's also like, this is the significant chunk of the threes is like the main part
1: yeah, that's uh. We should check if Liam Hemsworth just has that tattoo. I, I actually googled it
2: because I was curious. I was like maybe I'm oh. just an idiot, and it's like it didn't pop up anywhere. He was, it was just like he was getting other tattoos. So I don't think he does. But, but th- no, that's a good call. Obviously. But that was why, because I, I, like, I was like, I like
1: how much like you were just watching. I think the background, like I'm going to catch symbolism, and I think you got a few bites there. I, th- I think I got some of them. There, there was yeah. that. and then I was mad. I not mad, but it, I feel
2: like there's something with the birds that there's more that I'm missing just because one, it's the only thing in the movie that actually seems aged. Cause it's digital. There are a couple digital birds in there that look a little yeah. standout, but other than that, the, the movie is aged great. I mean, yeah, even the CGI storm looks really creepy and yeah. Other world. The only other part is there. Weirdly th-
0: enough, the boat looks not that great, but the storm looks awesome.
2: Yes. Yeah. And, there, yeah. and, but it's really, there are a couple random seagulls that are a little choppy looking just cause it's what it is, what it is. Um, But, like, I felt like there was some other thing with the birds, just because it kept coming up. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like there was something else. Like, I don't even, I'm not even sure. I was kind of hoping that one of you guys would be like, well, birds, birds fucking threes. So, Uh, well, they're (laughs)
1: actually, as you know, they are um, the spirits of dead sailors. And Mm -hmm. they drove past the lighthouse. And so the birds were still kind of all riled up from the Robert Pattinson stuff that happened there. You can't kill a gull. <laughs> I can't even do the act. No, I was I was going to I decided just to go go real normal. I can't kill a, I, can't kill a I feel like if I just watched it I could do something that approximates You can't like, masturbate like, to that wooden, wooden figurine. Why, yeah. you, why just spill your beans. There you go. You got to start there. Why just why, Yeah,
0: that's my beans. my uh my sinking sentence. That's it your lodestone patterns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: I think we should probably go to some final thoughts. What do you think, Peter? Or do you have some yeah, we a other things? Or do we have a couple other things? Um, no, let's do it. The only other thing I had was
2: there. Let's see. Hold on. Um, one, the part that always made me laugh for some reason was uh, when she whips the shotgun, when she just fucking Frisbees it. For some reason, it just it made me laugh. Just like the way she chucks it. Um, <laughs> and like yeah, every single. Is it because you're a misogynist who think girls throw funny? On cycle two or whatever, when she's actually in frame, I did notice that the, the, her, she puts her hand on like the railing and it's definitely like a hairy dude's hand. Like it's, yeah. it's got hair. I was like, all right, neat. But no, I just think it's funny. The idea of like <laughs> throwing a gun that way, just like, like a Frisbee, just like, <laughs> it just made me laugh. I don't know. Um, and then I, I actually really liked the movie, but there were also a couple dialogue choices that stuck out as kind of silly. Um... One of them is when, you know, Sally's lifelong friend Greg just got murdered and fell down. And then Jess walks up and she says, God, you're a bitch. I'm like I don't I don't I don't think that would be my reaction. I'd be like, oh, you're such a bitch. Sometimes, like, you're like <laughs> all right, okay. There were a couple other ones. Well, like that I, really one hard. of my notes we didn't. This
1: way? One of my notes we didn't get to is that Classic you do have to chess. accept that everyone in this movie is an idiot. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, let's see.
2: I don't know. That, everyone that was is it, but
0: just a blunt object trying to break their way out of the cycle. Yeah.
1: But yeah. it did. It just. It but I just mean, made me I get it reason. because they're friends with a abusive person. So well,
2: and but then, kind but of, then it kind of annoyed me because then in cycle three, she's up there, shoots him, he falls, and then immediately cycle one, Jess is walking up to them, and they're not like. He just told me that you shot him up there. I mean, obviously, I know that. That's going way too much into it, but I'm just like her reaction is just like, "Oh, you're a bitch." <laughs> like, all right,
1: whatever you say, Sally. Okay. I know that is frustrating. Like. Uh, like I didn't shoot you because I'm here. How'd you get down like, here? Yeah, you're still the worst.
2: <laughs> um, no, sorry, we can go to. Because final I think thoughts. it
0: would be weird for no one to react emotionally in these movies because they're just
2: constantly confused. And, and the other thing that wait, wait what the fuck? I meant to ask just in general. I don't know Aaron if Aaron's a gun guy. I know Peter was growing up at least a gun person. I'm, she, it, it it's I'm, a shotgun, right? Yeah, it's like a I over so. under shotgun. Okay, because because it uh, feels like. It it looks like a shotgun. It loads like a shotgun. When she shoots Greg in cycle three, it's very much a shotgun wound. But the rest of the time, it seems to act as like a rifle from like the way it shoots, the way it hits people, like that kind of stuff. And so that kind of thing, I feel like I'm not knowledgeable usually, but that was kind of bugging me, too, where I was like, why just make if it's a shotgun, just make it a shotgun. Like, why does it have to? Yeah.
0: Speaking of that shotgun, uh, this movie does one of my favorite things ever: is when they she she uh, misses all the shotgun uh, t- shots she takes at herself, um, and she's and holding she the barrel, the shotgun she just throws the fucker i like i like when guns are used uh just as weapons just as objects
1: well man i wish i was editing this one so i could just edit it to a, i love when guns are." Used. i love when guns are used well that was part of the reason why i
0: love when guns are just like a blunt they just become a, a hard stick yeah. well
2: that's my part was why that part was kind of funny to me because i feel like the majority of times in movies that would be like the oh i'm out of ammo i'm just gonna chuck it on the ground you're like no whip whip it at her like let's do this yeah. thing why not
1: yeah, so my final thoughts uh, on the movie are as follows: <laughs> um, the, uh, the uh, triangle is a land of contrasts. <laughs> Miriam um, <laughs> uh, webster defines triangle as a shape with three sides, <laughs> but I think we you, all know. Interrupting everything, <laughs> to yeah, As I as I think of more of them, no. So what? I really love this movie but I think one thing we didn't really talk about that I want to mention as part of the final thoughts is that um, this idea of like free will that we all supposedly have is such like a it's such a in general like it's not that we're not free to do certain things but like it is such a bullshit concept that is used to justify a lot of garbage right like this idea that like uh, in like you know uh, conservative Christianity like God gives you free will but like oh you're marrying a dude and you're a dude no like oh well, didn't God give me free will no not that one he gave you free will to do everything we say yeah like um, or like even this idea of like you know, like uh, in healthcare debates, like this idea of like you can choose your own healthcare. It's like, well, I need to be able to afford it. Like, oh yeah, you got. I mean, you have to have thousands of dollars. I would like but, to choose free and um, good. Oh, that's not an option. Wait a second. Yeah, <laughs> like you have free will to be rich, and if you're not, you are out of luck on a lot of things. Like, and obviously, we don't have the free will to do things that cause harm. Whether that's small things that, um, um. That are like like the reason we have speed limits. Like it's unsafe if people are going x speed. So and verbally abuse our uh, autistic yeah, sons. Exactly. So you don't know you don't have the free will to abuse your autistic son or any of your sons or your daughters yeah. or anyone. But I love. But it's like it's like a concept that's sold to us. I think to for other people's gains, whether capitalism, religious, or stuff like this. And I think. This movie, if I was to describe it in a sentence, is about being in a prison of your own free will. Like, your free will is not that expansive. And you actually don't have as many options as you think, especially because at the end of the day, who you are as a person uh, – is in control of that and then the situation and the setting and the other people that you're interacting with also play such a part that like in some ways this movie goes hey this person has infinite tries to do something that gets them out of the cycle and they're gonna do three or four various things depending on slight variations of stimuli forever and that's like That's what sometimes our free will, I think, as people feels like. Like, oh, I have the i my 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 actual free will is not to afford medical coverage that'll take care of me when I sick when I'm sick. My free will is to not pay for medical coverage because I don't have the money and hope I don't get sick, or potentially like or or B pay for health insurance that's so bad that even if I get sick, my best is that like my two hundred thousand like. Doctor Bill is a hundred thousand dollars or something like that. Like, and I feel like life is a permutation of a lot of those things because of um everything that we're kind of boxed in to, both good and bad. Like good things that we're not allowed to do, and bad things that, you know, because of a variety of things we're, we're forced we're not able to do. So I just really like this movie as that kind of concept, um, Illuminated in, in movie form. Like, yeah, you, there's just not that many options for you ultimately. So, uh, and, and it's, it's such a contrast to, um, to the other two movies we've done this month where, like, Groundhog Day and Edge of Tomorrow. Basically, posits that with, you know, with, with, it's, it's the monkeys typing Shakespeare, right? Like, with enough time, with unlimited time and unlimited monkeys or whatever the saying goes, like, eventually they're, they're writing Shakespeare. With enough time, Phil Connors eventually became the person that the, the, whatever was causing the repetition stopped. With enough time, uh, Tom Cruise was able to, was able to stop the aliens. Reach, yeah. Reach some the of yeah, reached the edge. Of, he was able to get to tomorrow. Uh, on the other side of tomorrow. Uh, and some of that is because those movies, they're actually keeping all their learnings through the cycle. But for us, uh, and for for Jess in this movie, yeah, we don't get that benefit. So, yeah, we're going to do a couple different things. And hopefully those things are, like, uh, treat your children with respect. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, like, that notion that the world is truly, like, whatever we want to make it is... is 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 bullshit, even with, as this movie shows, an infinite amount of time to to uh, make different choices.
2: Yeah, that's a good point, just in the sense of, like uh, like you said, free will is great conceptually, but when you couch it in realistic options and then further anchor it by your own mental capabilities of options and choices you're going to do, it becomes pretty finite pretty quick. When you're
1: stuck on a boat in the ocean. You know what I mean? Like, it's – you're like, all right, yeah. well, there you go. Like,
2: these are these well, are really your even, options.
1: And there was even some, like, study, like, 10 or 15 years ago. I don't know if it holds up, but I just remember thinking how interesting it was that, like, when they measured it, like, when they measured your hand moving or something like that, like – your hand started moving like a one one thousandth of a second before the impulse from your brain reached your hand to tell you to move and so like again i don't know if this held up on subsequent studies but i just remember thinking oh that's so interesting that like all of our consciousness might not be us controlling what we think but just a con like a a giant justification machine that's like walking around like Wee herman going i meant to do oh that, i wanted to do even that even though we, yeah even though we 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 already were doing it before we e- like it was it was all impulse. Yeah. like our even even our perception of free will was us just growing enough um, understanding of the the universe and ourselves and our place in it to decide that everything we do is intentional. I do like the sense of the lack of control in this movie. Um, the
0: the the fact that this is – we're doing two, well, I guess three uh, horror takes on Groundhog Day. And I think at the beginning of the month I said that Groundhog Day in and of itself feels like a horror movie for a period of time. And the contention that Phil Connors was in that world for five, ten, twenty – 10,000 years. It's not 10,000. Um, Phil Connors was in that world for that long is a horrific, horrific concept. It's very terrifying. Um, and uh, we're going to do happy death day uh, next week, uh, along with the sequel. And both of those, while happy death day does have its scary moments, they're kind of grounded in a more of a slasher terror. They're not really grounded in like an existential terror. And like, Happy Death Day very much plays by a set of rules and it operates within a set of confines similar to Groundhog Day uh, and a little bit edge of tomorrow. The edge of tomorrow breaks the rules to have an interesting third act twist. Um happy death day ends up being uh because of that ends up being more of like an adventure thriller comedy horror movie this is just a straight-up horror movie and in the sense that it feels incredibly disempowering uh jess's sense of control throughout the movie is uh minimal at best and like i said like the movie's a little clunky but jess is very clunky she's just like smashing through shit constantly like naively convinced that she is the she's gonna be the fucking one that's gonna get out of this like she is gonna figure it out all the other jesses were
2: evil morons um but she doesn't figure it out and right. all i have to do is the exact same well and even <laughs> yes. even trying to get her point across to liam hemsworth kind of shows the cracks of like her being verbally abusive with her son that kind of stuff because like she's trying to get a point across and then can't so gets frustrated and somehow manages to push him up against a pokey <laughs> thing <laughs> yeah
0: and, it, and it's um it's actually very interesting uh, put up against the lighthouse um, which is uh, riffing on a real-life historical event and a bunch of other stories of the era but also uh, rhyme of the ancient Mariner which is a uh, like a classic awesome uh, romantic poem uh, long poem um, that uh, is about a, a the sailor who kills an albatross and uh, that curses his entire crew, and it curses him. Um, and in this sense, and then in this movie, um, Jess hits a seagull. Uh, don't kill a seabird. Uh, she kills <laughs> a seabird. Um,
1: you like my lobster, don't you? <laughs> May Poseidon's wrath come down on ye.
2: Let Let's go paint the White House. <laughs>
0: Um, but yeah, anyway, like lighthouse rules. Um But the 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 and in rhyme of the ancient mariner, they also get caught in uh, a doldrums. And we could probably do these movies in a month. <laughs> Triangle and the lighthouse in a in a month. Um, and like sea uh, sea shanty horror. Um, but they get stuck in a doldrums, and a doldrums are kind of an interesting um. Uh, meteorological concept where you're kind of stuck in this, this inaction your, your sense of control is completely gone. If you're a sailing ship without a motor. And what's funny is in this movie, he mentions like, Oh, we've got a motor. We're good. And they kind of power through that moment of, of disempowerment, the way that a sailor would never have been able to do 200 years ago. Um, And, and that it, it, sort of like balance between like, Oh no, we've got, we're good. Like, we can just push forward. If we can push forward, we're good. If we can push forward, I can continue to have control. If we can push forward, I can break out of the cycle. And that's this this sort of um, uh, fallacy that Jess follows uh, from the moment she realizes she's in a loop until the end of the movie. And uh, one thing that's also interesting, while we're mentioning the other horror movies we're doing this month, uh, this one is also particularly scary because... Happy Death Day, Groundhog Day, Edge of Tomorrow are about bad people becoming good people. Um, They all have this arc where they begin and they're selfish and cruel and treat people like scum. And then by the end of it, the people that they took for granted um, are now their friends and they have a genuine sense of respect for them, uh, more or less. Uh, In this movie... Uh, The people, all of the the people that she like hated at the beginning of the movie, she still hates. Uh, She actually uh, stops caring about the one guy that she kind of had, you know, an affection for. She's just trying to save her kid. That's how disempowered she is. She has to give up on the hopes of anything except for saving her herself and saving her kid. Um, And she even this is one thing I don't know if we talked about this, but she feels deja vu in the first run. Yeah, she says, no, because like I've been here before.
1: She doesn't do it in the first run. What we see isn't the first run. Oh yeah, that's uh, true. Sorry. There's all those dead the bodies.
2: First, the first filmed run, the first oh, run yeah. in the move of the movie. I Actually, like Got that it. with that, just because you mentioned of like oh the guy and stuff like that. It never really also it, it avoided the pitfall of him saving her at any point. Them being ever really. Uh, any level of romantic, anything like that. Any, any of the or common there being a love triangle. There's no love triangle. I, I
0: guess Heather gets uh, dropped out. That,
2: that feels like, a I also wrote that down too. I was like, Ooh, should have been a love triangle, but like seems to perp- seems bi-angle. to purposely be like, whatever. I, I like the idea of a uh, groundhog day <laughs> and happy death day. Um, as companion pieces, because I agree. I think groundhog day, certain elements feel horrific. I mean, obviously, he's trying to like kill himself, that kind of stuff, but it is a comedy movie. And then Happy Death Day's got the opposite, where it's a horror movie, but it's got campy, it's got humor. I, I like those two as kind of like a pair.
0: Yeah, and, and just to put a little capper on what I was saying, just as a final thought um, for the, the, the dead seagulls, the dead seabirds, obviously in Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, in an albatross. It's a seagull in uh, the lighthouse, though. Yeah. Um, there's a. At the end of the movie, she uh, thinks she's broken out of the cycle, and she walks over and she sees a pile of dead seagulls with crabs crawling in and out of the orifices and the, the, the husks of these dead seagulls. And I love that as a just kind of a, a final metaphor for. Um, how people constantly, um, recreate recursive cycles of sin. And just because they're not doing the exact same action over and over again, um, if you do, if you're not thoughtful about how you're breaking this cycle, you're going to end up in the same place. Right. And she, she tries to kill herself. Um, I'm using that in quotes to amend for her guilt. Um, but that's not, that doesn't fix anything. That's just another weird corpse in the car. Um, And it's easy to hate who you are, but it's hard to change who you are. So, that's kind of my final thoughts on Triangle.
1: Yeah. Ryan, anything else to add before we uh, wrap up here?
2: Um, I would say not specifically on Triangle, only because I feel like you guys kind of hit the nail on the head. Um, If anything, I mean, obviously, at this point, you can't use it for the movie Triangle because we just talked about it. And I'm assuming most listeners have watched it. But I think that um, at the top of the show, when we were talking about makes a good point of trying to find kind of these hidden gems on these streaming platforms that work. I mean, triangle, like you said, the placard and poster seem generic. It doesn't scream like it's going to be a great film, uh, but it's absolutely something worth checking out. And I, I think that digging through blockbuster bins used to be a thing that was worthwhile that kind of gets lost nowadays because there's so many options, but but I don't know. I just think it's worth digging around to find stuff that's worth it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and also, I mean, you said you wish you would have said that at the beginning. Uh, at the end of this episode, it loops right back around to the beginning. Perfect. So essentially, depending on what part of the episode they start in, they'll, it'll all s- seamlessly flow together. Amazing. Uh, yeah but, th- but Ryan thank you so much for coming yeah on. absolutely anytime Um, and we're really excited that you have a microphone you don't have to be in the same proximity as Peter to guest on our show so hopefully you'll be back on uh, more often and also not have to smell Peter
2: exactly hopefully. yeah
1: uh, i'm sure i'm sure there any, anything to add to your uh, lifelong drink? i'm sure if
2: anything uh peter's wife molly is happier that there aren't two knuckleheads around <laughs> getting drunk and podcasting in her living room area or whatever and there's just the one that she's decided to live with forever
0: the first time we recorded uh ryan and i uh killed most of the bottle of a buffalo oh trace. yeah and we uh, and at the time we were in uh, Molly and I were living in a uh, one bedroom apartment with only an ensuite bathroom. So at some point, both of us had to stumble past her sleeping to go to the bathroom
2: and just tiptoe next to a sleeping Molly. <laughs>
0: I don't think it was that what are, night, what are you guys doing I like
1: across the street to the bar to go pee. at one point. Uh, yeah, that was a, like you guys uh, kept it together really well. But I think when we start recording, you're like, just to let you know, we've been drinking for a few hours before this, and now we're moving into some hard <laughs> That stuff. sounds about right. <laughs> so, tonight, so tonight, tonight, a lot tonight my, my
2: drink of choice has been Jefferson's Ocean Aged at Sea bourbon whiskey. Oh, wow. It's been delicious. That's very appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. I'm drinking vodka. It's got a big boat on it and everything.
0: I'm drinking uh, whiskey with Canada Dry, Canada, on the same continent as Florida. There you go. Well-known
2: fact. Boom, boom, boom. (laughs)
1: Uh, But not Australia. Australia. Well-known fact. Uh, (laughs) Um, All right, yeah. So next week, uh, uh, if you've seen a map, you know that fact. I think this is our
2: shortest recording session. Of, of the three Probably. I was I was telling Mailer And she's like So how long do you think You're gonna be like I don't know We've gone like Three plus hours Four hours I was <laughs> Like we've talked At length So I don't know when, How long this is gonna be I think with
0: Southland yeah. Tales I literally cut A 45 minute section Out in the middle And I was like This could be another Weird side episode But we don't do that
1: That was a three That was a three hour plus uh, So anyways uh, Yeah next week Sorry again About the last couple weeks uh, Our final thoughts Of Groundhog's Day Will be posted next week and then we're also wrapping up the month with uh carrie nelson ep returning champion talking about the happy death days day one and day two uh and yeah then we have a new month after that so tune in for what are these bozos gonna talk about what kind of trouble are these guys gonna get into uh, is that
2: the new show title
1: yeah, called troubled. Boys. What are these bozos <laughs> gonna talk about? Troubled bozos. Uh, yeah, we're basically like a, a Mickey Rooney starring movie from the '40s. Like <laughs> where we we go to school at a convent. Like these troubled bozos need to find uh, Jesus or McCarthy. I guess. Is he behind hey, that tree? Or just a nice gal to settle down with? A nice gal. This shape was uh, Good night.
0: Good night. This shape good night. Was
1: pure i saw three angles
0: of that i'm sure and i saw three pointy corners and then i saw three straight sides the top was very narrow and the base was oh so wide wait that sounds like a triangle my triangle oh triangle it's true I saw your shape in a
1: crowded place. Now I don't know what. Thank you so much for listening
0: to We love to watch.
1: Mmm, <laughs> <laughs>